Glad you're with us. Brian Noonan on 720 WGN here until 7 o'clock. Uh, Don, thank you for being patient. We had a little uh, computer issue, which is uh, being rectified as we speak. And then uh, that uh, commercial, that guy took a way too dramatic a pause, yeah, in pacing. my opinion. Yeah. The pacing of that was rough, man. We, we love our sponsors. We're glad people want to advertise on the radio station. But, uh, you know, you can't, you can't leave three seconds of dead air. Because yeah. I hear dead air, I'm doing something. Trigger finger, man. Yeah. yeah. We're so going. It's catch. time to... Yeah. You know, you know, Don, you've been in radio long enough. That's right. Yeah, but it's my pleasure, man. Anytime that happens, you know, can't, just, can't, just, let it, can't just let it be like well, that. Well, I was, you know, I was about to uh, unload on Cody. It wasn't his fault. He was banging on buttons. I was banging on buttons. Uh, computers are great until they're not. Right. And then things, oh, then the whole... This is, this is a prelude to how the world will end. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all of our computers will stop. We won't know what to do. Right. And it will just panic. I wonder if the robots, when they take us over, if they'll complain about human nature and talk about that in the reverse oh, sure, of yeah. our situation oh, right now. Oh, these people. They're, they're, people are great until they're not. <laughs> right. Which right. is pretty much how I feel about people anyway. True. So let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're glad you're here. You brave the cold to be in with us today. Uh, so we're happy to have you. It is... Uh, I, I don't have to tell you how cold it is. It's cold. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about how to battle some of that it is uh, not good it, it, it will be uh, whenever you see a headline that says life-threatening cold you know it's time to uh, to pay attention now a lot of times I will make fun of the weather monkeys who try to uh, whip up hysteria and make us all paranoid that the weather is uh, so so serious and then a lot of times let's be honest things kind of pass and it's not as uh, grave as once indicated but this is nothing to joke about. It seems like uh, this is the real deal that's coming on uh, that's coming this week. And if you remember 2015, how bad it was, it's uh, it's rough. So with that in mind, at four o'clock, Lou Manfredini will join us. He's got some uh, tips for your home for this severe weather because this what's coming uh, later this week goes beyond regular Chicago winters. It is uh, it's oh, horrifying. I can't uh, I can't uh, say that enough. It is dangerous. It is scary, and it is something that we have to take seriously. So we'll talk about that, too. We'll talk a little bit about the CPS and uh, the schools that your kids might go to, if they're if they're closing or not. And when do you keep your kids home from school, even if the schools are open? There was a big uproar Friday. A lot of people thought CPS should have closed. Uh, a lot of other districts, suburban districts, uh, people were complaining that they did not close. Being in one of the schools, we did have a lot of kids absent because of the weather, so we'll talk about that after 5. We're going to talk, this is very interesting. If you have a job, you'll want to be listening at 4.30. We're going to talk to Brian Robinson. He is the author of a new book called Hashtag Chill. It is uh, turn off your job and turn on your life. It's all about, we keep hearing the term work-life balance all the time. So this book is why it's important, how we can achieve it, and what is it about us as Americans that makes us so averse to taking some time away from work, to actually just, you know, doing your job and doing your job well, but also prioritizing the fact that you have to have a life, too. So we'll talk to him after that. And then our friends from Mastro's will come in after 6 o'clock to prepare you for Valentine's Day and tell you what they have coming up uh, for Valentine's Day as well. And did I mention? I should have. Kevin Powell will be here after 3.30. SoxFest wrapping up uh, right about now. And uh, so Kevin will join us, talk about what we learned from SoxFest, what Sox fans can look forward to in the upcoming season, and uh, where in the world is Manny Machado. That's the big game that we're all going to be playing uh, for the next couple weeks or next couple days. Who knows? So uh, all of that coming up. 
It is uh, 312-981-7200. That is the phone number. That is the text. When you do call in, you'll be talking to Cody. I don't know what's going on in here. I'm so frazzled. Goff, he's the executive producer for Rockford, Illinois. And I wish, uh, as much as you, there are cameras at WGNRadio.com, so you can kind of see what's going on, I wish there was a camera in the producer booth, because Cody, for the last, uh, I don't know, let's say 14 minutes, has been going a little bit crazy. So that is, uh, that's what's going on with him. Be nice to Cody. You'll get to me. He's uh, cold as well, despite only wearing a T-shirt, which I'm not a fan of. It's, uh, it's below zero. Why are you only wearing a T-shirt? Now, do you forget where the microphones are? <laughs> this is, listen, should we start over? Can you take this out in editing? So when the show actually goes on the air, it's all fixed? Yeah, we're not live. I don't oh. want people to think that this is how the show would really go. Oh, this is the make it fun. I should talk to you. Yeah, that's... Is this even work? I know. It's <laughs> yeah, you think it's fine. We just moved in here. We're falling apart. I was going to say, heavy. We've, we've worked out of this studio many, many times. What's... Uh, why are you so purple? It's not my fault. It's just, yeah, tight. Listen, a lot of... Things happen. Think no, the about first it. part was not your fault at all. Oh, sure. I, I'm the, the computer is definitely not your not your fault. Yeah, I'm just saying. Look, the fact it. that you look like you, you've never spoken into a mic before—that's kind of your fault. Uh, can you can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, you sound fine. Can you hear? You sound as good as you're going to sound. Me now, Brian Noonan. All right, uh, my name's Cody. Goff. Okay, don't make me pull out the cone of silence. <laughs> I'll drop it on you. I haven't <laughs> dropped it on anybody in a while. See, I was. To, I was to comic effect, to hilarious comic effect, pretending Ooh, I'd never been on the radio before. Ooh, let's leave. Explain the joke. That always makes it so much yeah, better. Yeah, <laughs> let's leave out some of the adjectives that you're throwing around to describe what just happened. Uh, <laughs> leave that for the listeners and for me to uh, actually critique afterwards in our post show meeting. Ah, so Where we go are. over every minute of audio from the program. Wow, now you're a host and a critic. Oh, I'm everything. I'm a host, I'm a critic, I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight toker. Yeah. You know where that's from? No, of course you don't, because it's a song from the Yes, Sunrise. I know that song. Do you? Yes. It's, Who, been, it's been remixed. It's, <laughs> has it really? Oh, yeah, I think so. Fatboy Slim, I'm pretty sure, remixed it. Remixed uh, Steve Miller? Uh, yeah, let me see I, Yeah, let me see if I can find the title of it. I'm not sure about that. It sounds a little crazy. Yeah, it's the one that's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, just like that. It's just like that song. <laughs> Eerie That's how, exactly. how perfect that yeah, was. Yeah, it was Thank almost you. like I was at a concert yeah. those last few seconds. So you're loving this, aren't you? You're loving this weather, this uh, snow and cold and uh, brutality. I'm that, is loving... going, that is going to take people's lives this week. Let's not over. Uh, let's not oversimplify this. Wow, we I are think in danger. That... I'm not being hyperbolic. Ah, you I don't know... know if you read the trip. Life threatening cold. Then don't go outside. <laughs> Easier said than done, my friend. It certainly is. I was surprised how many people were on the road last night. I went to a friend's house, and there were just, I mean, it was like regular traffic in Lincoln Park. Just like like there wasn't a blizzard happening and three inches of snow on the street. Yeah, in a minute, we'll uh, take a break, and I'll talk, talk about one of the people who were on the road last night. Uh-oh. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so, but you you like the snow. I Somebody texting, the song is the Joker. Yes, Thank you. Uh, that is correct. The song is The Joker by the Steve Miller Band. Uh, <laughs> I like looking out the window here from our beautiful vantage point in the Allstate Skyline Studios and looking down at the frozen river. That's how you know things have reached a, a, a point of no return. When the river is frozen and part of the lake is frozen and uh, you look around and people are huddled. It's, just, it's like we're on an expedition somewhere. In the North Pole, even though it's warmer now uh, in Alaska than it is here, I don't, I don't like this. Hey, Cody, can you hear me? Yeah, down. We can all hear you. Oh, Thank sorry. you. Oh, Cody's mic is open. Oh. 
All right, I'm, we're going to take a break. We're starting this show over. We're starting over. This is uh, we've had enough. I'll be back. And some people walking around calling me Maurice. Maurice? Maurice? Because I speak of the pompous of love. This is who, Fat Boy oh, Slim? Yeah. No fear, my dear. Yep. Really? Re-up and uh, a little Steve Miller band. All right. Well, I stand corrected, but uh, I still am uh, dubious as to whether Cody recognized that song before Don uh, sent it to him. Yeah, I he, ruined it. Yeah, before no, before you had to call Cody and go, "Hey, uh, here it is. It's uh, he's like, oh yeah, get it. <laughs> right, just out in front of everybody, outed it. Yep. I thought the snow was not supposed to come till tonight. So imagine my surprise yesterday afternoon when it started snowing at about four o'clock, and it it was coming down pretty good. Uh, at least where I live, and I think throughout the city, it was coming down pretty good. So I was supposed to go up last night to the uh, Irish American Heritage Center for the Cash for Kids Festival. I had my tickets. I bought my tickets days in advance. I was ready to go. Uh, we had Hootie Snitch on, Hootie Snitch on last week uh, to play. We had Iron Horse on when I was in for Row a couple weeks ago. Had a, was really looking forward to this event for the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. Left the house at 530 Made it six blocks, and I was using Waze. And all of a sudden, Waze had me get off Harlem and turn onto a side street near my house. Six blocks from my house, Cody. Six blocks. Count them. Sitting at a red light, waiting to turn left. All of a sudden, kabloom. Somebody ran into me. Yep. Ran into the car. Um, Thanks a lot, Waze. Yeah, I was... uh, Don, that is exactly... after, After everything went down, I was like, see... One minute earlier, one minute later, uh, if I had stayed on Harlem rather than turning off like Waze told me, I wouldn't have been at that. Had I gone through the intersection on the yellow light rather than stopping because the roads were so slippery, all of these things, mm-hmm. not, this would not have happened. But then who knows? Right. Had I made that left turn, maybe I get hit head on by somebody three blocks down. Exactly. So it's an alternate timeline. Debate. Yeah. It's crazy. So I, I don't know, but... Um, I'm sitting there, and I, you know, my wife's in the car, and I, this is probably a bad move, but I get out of the car hot. I mean, I, I, I undo my seatbelt. I said to my wife, I don't even finish the sentence. I wanted to say, call the. I said, you got to call the police. I thought that's what I said. Oh, I said, well, you got to call, and I, I'm out of the car, and by the time I'm out of the car, the guy who hit me, who's about my age, is out of his car too, and he's like, I'm so sorry. I thought you were. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He said, I thought you were turning. I go, yeah, the light was yellow, but you pulled up, and I pointed, and you could still say, I go, yeah, I pulled up to the line, and I stopped, and you hit me. I know, I know, I know, I'm sorry, and I'm I'm way over probably where a sensible, calm person should have been, but I was livid. And the adrenaline's going, you just got hit, like, yeah. that happens. And I, I chipped my tooth. Oof. Because I'm sitting, this is, <laughs> by what? My wife didn't help her case later when I told her. She goes, well, don't do that anymore. So I'm sitting at the stoplight, and I kind of put my top teeth behind my bottom teeth, just kind of, you know, just sitting, minding my own business, my teeth behind my other teeth. And when it hit me, my top tooth caught on the top of my bottom tooth, just a little chip, but Ugh. I felt it. And I was like, oh, man. Right. One of your favorite resting positions. I, now you yes, can't take that I'm anymore. All, and then all I keep thinking of, alternative timeline. What if I had had my tongue like between my teeth? Oh, and my he'd, God. And he'd hit me and I bit off my tongue and I couldn't talk anymore. Just that yelling at him like that. Yeah, that would have been horrifying. Then then the whole show today, just people would go, oh, we probably wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. But I would have known the difference. And that's the thing. So, 
so we're, we're hit, and, and not a lot of damage, enough damage where, you know, I've got a chunk of plastic in my car f- that used to be on the back of my car. Uh, but, you know, it'll, it's just the inconvenience and just a hassle. And so then I was like, because I had joked with my wife, hey, should we be babies and not go because it's snowing? Should we be old people and not want to leave the house? Which, you know, was really, I was really hoping she'd say yes. So, <laughs> but she was like, no, let's go. I said, all right. So, you know, after we got hit, though, I was like, forget it. If, if, I'm, if I get hit six blocks from home, imagine what the rest of this ride is going to be through the Thunderdome that is Chicago once it snows. Because then I'm trying to go home. Somebody blew a red light and crossed right in front of me. He's <laughs> like, ha! Ah! <laughs> oh, somebody's saying, uh, back off because they work for Waze. Listen, all I'm saying, I use Waze all the time. I used it coming in today. But uh, last night... It put me in harm's way. That's all I could say. I'm, I'm still going to use the service. As I said, I used it today. But uh, holy cow, there's, you know, what are you going to do? All right, listen, after, uh, after the news, we're going to think warm thoughts. And what says warm thoughts more than baseball? Spring training just around the corner. Sox Fest wrapped up this afternoon. Kevin Powell has been there all weekend. So we will talk to Kevin and find out what's been happening and what the Sox fans can look forward to next season. We'll do that on the other side of the news after this. WGN. Spring training coming up not too far away in Arizona. Sox Fest just ending here in Chicago. Kevin Powell, the afternoon sports anchor on WGN, has been there all weekend doing all sorts of things, and he joins us now. Uh, Kevin, did at least did the talk of baseball make people feel warm this weekend? You know, I think Sox Fest was a perfect spot to be this weekend. You hunker down in a hotel, don't leave for a few days, just think about <laughs> baseball and hot dogs and beer and summer and warmth and all those sorts of uh, things, and hang out with your favorite baseball players. I, I, I think it helped a little bit. I think it was a, a, a good, uh, well-timed uh, Sox Fest for sure. Well, people had uh, Sox fans had a lot of other things to think about rather than the cold. Uh, where is Manny Machado? What's going on? Everybody, uh, that's that had to be the big question all weekend because I think some fans were hoping and maybe even predicting that at some point, maybe yesterday or today, when Rick Hahn was talking, having his panel, that perhaps he would bring out a big box like Monty Hall on "Let's Make a Deal" and Manny Machado would walk out from that box. That did not happen. It did not happen, but I will say this, that the White Sox are obviously obviously in on Machado because Rick Hahn said to us multiple times that he would be disappointed if he didn't land one of the top two free agents. So with him saying that, that basically confirmed, yes, the White Sox are in on Machado. Um, yeah, there was no Machado sighting. There was plenty of talk. There were some fans who actually had already made personalized Machado jerseys that I saw <laughs> walking around. They're getting a little head start yeah, on everybody. Premature. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I think Machado, I think the Sox are one of probably two or three finalists for Manny Machado. So, um, you know, worst case scenario, it, it, as, as Rick Hahn put it, he says they deserve a place at the table, and they do. I don't know why everybody dismissed the White Sox at the start of the offseason. Well, I said, I'm like, look, they're going to they're gonna go after him, and a lot of people are like, nah, he's not going to go to the White Sox. They go, well, they, they might, and they got a real good shot at him now. They've been doing everything they can to to make him feel at home, bringing his brother-in-law in and some other people. Right. But the, They just know, signed, uh, this is breaking news, they just signed his mother to be the uh, third base coach. So Manny right? Machado's mother to the oh, White That's right. See, yeah. now we're getting a step closer. <laughs> but let's be honest, the Sox have a history of being cheap when it comes to uh, – free agents the last huge free agent they got was albert bell that was 20 years ago so you know i wouldn't say cheap though i i, I mean they've been in in talks with a lot of players before they just haven't landed the free agent i, I don't think the white Sox are afraid to spend money i think they just do it 
uh, in a smart way. I just, you know, I, I'm not going to call him cheap because no, I'm saying in I the think, past. I think I think the mentality has changed. I think you know, with Rick Hahn at the helm, things are going definitely going in the right direction. In the past, right. though, yeah, and people forget. These free agents, it's not only about the money. Uh, there was an excellent, uh, I think it was Paul Sullivan who used the example in the Trib today, that, uh, you know, if it comes down to San Diego or Chicago, and today's the day you're making that decision, well, it's below zero here, and it's 72 degrees <laughs> in San Diego. So if you're a baseball player, you know, where are you leaning? And they're also looking at, you know, is this team going to win fast? Do I want to be part of a team that's got another year or two of rebuild before we're competitive? There's a lot of things that go into these decisions rather than just cash. Maybe they just didn't want to bring Machado here this weekend so he didn't have to experience this cold and maybe second-guess his decision. But, yeah, that, that could uh, be, know, too. It, it's, um, you know, there were multiple reports of the White Sox – Every you know when they did the pitch on on these guys, they did present what they have in the farm system, and the White Sox have a top top two, top three farm system in yeah. all of baseball. And you know that for White Sox fans, this is something they've never really experienced. Where the White Sox are building something that's sustainable. Normally, it's a year here, a year there, a couple of years here. You strike, you know, you hit lightning in two thousand five, and things kind of fade quickly after that. But you know what they've what the, the talent they've acquired over the past few years and, and what they've built in the farm system, this looks like a team. Look, the team on the north side did it, right? I mean, right, they've been exactly. good for a while now. And, and look at the Houston Astros did it. You break it down to build it back even stronger. And, um, you know, I think that's a major selling point. And, like, I get that it's warm in San Diego, but this is Chicago. This is one of the best cities oh, no, the, on the planet. You know, no, I'm not saying like like I get the weather thing, but like they, the Sox should sell that as well. And I'm sure they have. Like this, this is a, the third biggest market. I get that yeah. the Cubs are, you know, the Cubs are in town as well. But this is still Chicago. This is still major. This is an organization that's been around for over a hundred years. There's a lot of history here. I think those are some selling points that I think people quickly, um, you know, bypass. Well, when your opening day is uh, in danger of being snowed out, that's always a, that's always a hard <laughs> sell. And I know I'm harping right. on the weather, but that's because it's the biggest thing this uh, that we're we're dealing right. with. All right, so obviously the Machado talk that was that was a thing that was going on all weekend. What were other, uh, first of all, I, it looked like from uh, all reports and from all the things I'm seeing at WGNRadio.com, very well attended. Sox fans seem to be optimistic and in a good mood because hope always does spring eternal. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, it was sold out. Rick Hahn is, is the big celebrity at Sox Fest, has been for a couple of years now. And it was interesting talking to – we talked to Rick yesterday on uh, the Royal Contro, and he was like – he was like, look, a lot of people didn't think the White Sox would ever do this, that they would go full rebuild because the fan response wouldn't be where it needs to be. And, and that's completely untrue. The, the, the White Sox fan base is completely behind this rebuild. Yes. They are totally – on board with what Rick Hahn is trying to do, what Kenny Williams is trying to do, and they sold out. It was jam-packed. The Rick Hahn panel is always very popular where people get to ask Rick Hahn questions, uh, fans ask him questions. It, it, it was um, it was a different sort of vibe at SoxFest because I think a lot of people are just really, really on the edge of their seat to see where this thing goes. Well, and if you watched last year, yes, it was a disappointing outcome if you were just looking at wins versus losses. But if you were looking at long-term and a rebuild – it was there were a lot of encouraging signs, so I'm sure they were they were hyping those and building on those to the fans this weekend. Yeah, no question, and it was pretty cool. To see. Just about everybody that was there, Michael Kopech was there, Dylan Cease, and then Eloy Jimenez, who you're going to see in the majors this year, is just a monster. I mean, he, he as we were talking to Michael Kopech, he goes, I think Eloy's a 300 hitter 
right now. So uh, it was cool to see a lot of the prospects interact with with the fans. Um, you know, whether it was just the autographs. I saw Eloy Jimenez doing the Papa shot, the uh, you know the yep. little arcade <laughs> game, hanging out with some fans, going one on one there. So that's what's cool about the conventions is you do get the one on one interactions with with the players and the fans. And uh, I, you know, I think it's cool to see the Sox fans get to know some of these future stars, or at least guys we think are going to be stars in this league yeah. for a long time. Now, you mentioned uh, Rick Hahn's uh, panel. It seemed like, from everything I read, the overwhelming response was positive. People, there weren't a lot of negative questions, if any. Everybody was just, everybody was hyped about what's coming this season. Yeah, I don't really know what there would be to be upset about if you're a White Sox fan at this point. Obviously, they're not World Series contenders right now, but it's certain, they're certainly trending in that direction. So, I think for a lot of Sox fans, they're very, very excited in Han We Trust is a popular T-shirt that uh, you'll see at Sox Fest with uh, Rick Rick Han's face on the shirt and says In Han We Trust. So, uh, you know, I I think everybody is on board with where they're headed, and you know, World Series is the ultimate goal. And I, honestly, I, you know, I don't think they're that far off, Brian. I really don't. Well, let's uh, let's hope. Now, you had a chance to sit down. You and Adam Hoke talked to Don Cooper the other day, and uh, Pete McMurray was raving about this. So you, people can find the interview at WGNRadio.com. Uh, Don seemed a little more gregarious than he sometimes <laughs> during the season because you've been, you've been down there. Don can be a little curt after uh, after the game. He's a no-nonsense kind of guy. Uh, one of the things that uh, that came out of the weekend is he was talking about pitchers going deeper into the games that he you know uh, he's not really a fan of pitchers getting pulled managers managers going to the bullpen too quick yeah that's uh bullpenning is the word you hear tossed around baseball now where you see managers that look i don't want to get too technical baseball here but the reason a lot of managers do go to the er- the early bullpen is because if you look at numbers of a, a hitter sure. facing a, a pitcher the second time compared to the first time and the third time compared to the first time, the numbers are just like there's a huge discrepancy. When when batters see a pitcher more often, the, the batter becomes more dangerous. Right. That, is a, that, is, that is the biggest reason that managers like to go to the bullpen because they like to put a different arm out there, whether it's a lefty or a righty or a different look or a different arm slot, all those sorts of things. So, look, Don Cooper is um, he, he's uh, – I don't think he's afraid to be forward-thinking and, and adapt with the times because I think there is something to look at with numbers. And I know some people completely zone out when people bring up sabermetrics yeah, and numbers. And I, and I, I, get, I get it. I get it. Um you know, some people just need ERA and batting average and home runs, and they're good to go. And I'm, you know what? I get it. I totally get it. You know, for some people though, they want to know more, 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 more. Sure. Um, but it was, it, you know, I think I asked that question multiple times over the weekend about what people think of that. I asked Dylan Cease, I asked Michael Kopech about. It. Of course, the pitchers never want to get taken out, but no, of course. Not. Um, yeah, you know, Don Cooper is, uh, first of all, that was such a fun interview with Don Cooper. <laughs> the guy is hilarious. Um, and he's been around here with, she's been, you don't see this very often. I think he's going to be entering his 18th season with the White Sox. Yeah, that's You don't crazy. really see that in pro sports. It's, it's pretty wild. So, um, look, I think, uh, he says, you know, he wasn't close minded to the whole thing, but he wasn't completely on board with it as well. I, I'm trying to think of the line he said. I think it was, um, I'm always looking for reasons to keep a starter in rather than, take a starter out. And he yeah. thinks a lot of people are always looking for a reason to take a starter out rather than what can we do to keep this starter in, which I thought was a pretty uh, interesting comment from Don. But times are changing with the baseball world, Brian. Yeah, oh, no, listen, I understand I understand if you're a GM or if you're a coach 
or something like that. Sabermetrics are fine, or, or if you're really into, mm-hmm. for average fans, a lot of it is like, all right, it just you're the numbers. The numbers overwhelm I mean, yeah, the joy I didn't know of the I was game. Going to algebra class today. I wanted yeah. to watch baseball. Exactly. <laughs> I, I totally, I, I totally get it. Um, or, or boil it down to something simple. You know, you you go listen. Yeah. If a batter sees a pitcher by the third time, he's hitting more. Okay, well that I understand. I don't, you know, I don't need a bar graph right. and I don't need a slide rule and all of that kind of I stuff. Think- and I think what can become exhausting for people is when you're just having a casual baseball conversation and you say player X is really good, and the next thing you know, that guy's like lining off stats right. that you've never even heard of and but telling I'll tell you, you that his war that baseball is, uh, player. His right. war is not very high. Actually, and, uh, his, right. uh, this guy's actually a horrible baseball player. And you're like, what are you talking about? I just watched <laughs> him play a really good game. So I, I see both sides of it. I get it. I try to digest my, you know, my. My my basic baseball knowledge, but you know, covering it, I try to sure, try to got, do it oh, all. No, but, do uh, it all. I, I get it as yeah, as a fan, I totally get it. What other what other highlights from the Don Cooper interview were there? What other what other oh. nuggets did he reveal about the, uh, the the you know they've got competition for their fifth starter? There's uh, you know he's always looking for bullpen help. Did he did he tip his hand on anything to you? Uh, you know, I think what's interesting always talking to these guys is like sometimes they just go to full fan mode. You know what I mean? Where oh, he, wow. he basically, you know, we were talking about the team, and he's like, look, I'm just so happy for the rebuild. He goes, I'm so happy for the players we have in our farm system. This team is going places. And I'm like, I'm just talking to a White Sox fan right now. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just think he's a – Sox fans love Coop. I get it. Um, very likable guy. And uh, I think the Sox are in good hands with him because Kopech came on right after him. He's <laughs> <laughs> He's, we told him Kopech was coming on, and he started giving Adam and I questions to give to Michael Kopech. So the guy, <laughs> the guy, <laughs> I think the guy might have a broadcasting career somewhere down the road when he's done with it all. But uh, a lot of fun talking to Coop. One of the uh, biggest pieces of news to come out of the of Sox Fest, despite not Manny Machado, but Nicky Delmonico, who has mm-hmm. uh, staked, planted a flag as an enemy of the North Side because uh, he was asked during the children's panel. Yesterday, who, uh, which fans annoy you the most? And his response: Cubs fans. Whenever the Cubs play at our place, you have to literally give them hell. Uh, how I'm, I'm sure that comment was received with thunderous applause at Sox Fest. Uh, but and we, you know, other people have said that too. So how far off really uh, was Nicky Delmonico? No, I you know when Nicky Delmonico is totally embracing where the White Sox are at, he really is. He, uh, I think actually Mark Carmen interviewed him a week or so ago, and he's all in on the the Bears Club Dub celebration. He wants to bring that to the White Sox. Nice. I think he, I think he's embracing the rebuild. I think he's embracing where he's at in this whole thing, and he's always got a big smile on his face, and he's always having a lot of fun. Now. With all due respect to Nicky, he's got to play a little bit better if he wants to be a part of this thing. Um, I think he's got a lot of. We- I think you know, it's no disrespect, but like if if you're going to be a World Series team, you got to you got to you got to amp it up a little bit. But Nicky's Nicky's got a lot of tools. He can run. He can hit. Pretty good fielder. So uh, I like that about Delmonico. I think he's totally buying in with the with it all. He is. So um, yeah, Nicky Delmonico could be potentially a big time fan favorite for a, for a while. All right, one last thing before I let you go, Kevin. Uh, Ricky Renneria, where, how, how long before he shaves? He's, he's claiming until uh, the Sox win the World Series. I'm anticipating a ZZ Top uh, kind of guy. <laughs> did he really say that? Yeah, he did. He said he was. They asked him about his. They asked him about his uh, goatee, and he said he's leaving it. He's not going to shave until until the Sox win. 
I mean, that's the thing. Mitch Trubisky said he wasn't going to shave all season. He didn't do it. So he then now uh, Ricky Renteria. I have a really horrible attempt at a beard going on right now, Brian. So maybe I'll keep <laughs> this thing going until the White Sox uh, turn a corner on the rebuild or something. But I guess facial hair is in with these cold temperatures. Um, yeah, it's not. I like it. it. I think help. he pulls it off though. He's got the he's got the white the white hair going. He's got the silver fox look. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see if we'll see if he keeps going. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Mitchell shaved though. For the record, yeah, he looks much better with the sleek look. He does. Sure. I agree. So overall, the the mood was great, and now you have to venture out into the cold and uh, wait till uh, wait for another month or so until you get to go to Arizona yeah, for spring yeah, training. Yeah, just staring at the calendar, counting the days until I head to uh, spring training. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna. I don't know. Maybe talk to management, convince them to let me stay the entire time, but we'll see. I doubt that's going to happen, Brian. But I, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get through this weather together, Brian. I know you uh, you enjoy a nice beverage here and there, and I always say sure. warm up from the inside with a nice uh, <laughs> with a nice cold one or maybe some brown water, whatever you prefer. But uh, we'll get through this somehow, somewhere. Yes, definitely. Well, Kevin, thanks for uh, thanks for checking in and uh, good work again. And people can hear you and Adam's interview with Don Cooper at WGNRadio.com. All the coverage of SoxFest is at WGNRadio.com. So uh, stay warm. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate it. Have My a great day. pleasure. Kevin Powell, you hear him every afternoon doing sports with Rokan on 720 WGN. All right, let's do this. Then there's more. This is, I love this story. I don't know if you saw this. Wichita Falls police received a call involving a woman drinking wine in a Walmart parking lot. And why wouldn't you? You either have to drink to, to screw up your courage to go into Walmart or drink to forget that you were in Walmart. And this is coming from a guy who was just at Walmart yesterday. So I don't, I don't poo-poo Walmart. I shop there often. And people will say, why do you shop at Walmart? You know, they're not fair. You know why I shop at Walmart? Because it's cheaper for a lot of things. That's why I shop at Walmart. And uh, just like all of us, I'm worried about my pocketbook. Do I worry about the conditions of workers? Sure I do. Um, but I also want to, you know, save $2 on laundry soap. Anyway... Uh, employees requested officers to ban the woman from the local Walmart after she reportedly had been drinking wine from a Pringles can for several hours while riding on an electric cart. If that doesn't sound like the way to burn off a Friday, I don't know what does. I know, I know you probably shouldn't do this, but who amongst us really, if given the opportunity? Cody, be honest. If I said to you, hey, I've got this electric cart and I got a bottle of wine that I picked up at the Walmart... Uh, I don't have any glasses, but I have a sweet Pringles can. Be careful of your lips so you don't uh, cut it on the sharp edge. But wouldn't you like to just drive around, do donuts, pop a wheelie in the electric shopping cart while drinking? I'd be all over it. If I was still on Tinder, that would be my proposition for the first day. That's date. how you do it. Yeah, come on. Sit, on. sit in the basket while I drive us around the parking lot. Yeah. Maybe we swing out. Somebody's uh, got their camper parked out in the far reaches of the Walmart parking lot. We swing over there. Maybe they got a grill going. Uh, the incident started shortly after 9 a.m. That's a little early to be drinking wine from a Pringles can, even if you are looking for a fun weekend kickoff. The uh, police department spokesman said police were told by dispatchers that they were looking for a woman wearing a blue jacket and black pants, so she dressed up to go. That's good. She was reportedly riding on an electric shopping cart, more commonly used for people with physical limitations. Uh, she was also drinking wine from a Pringles can. She had been riding around the store's parking lot since 6.30 a.m. That is the ride of shame. That's you when you're too drunk to even do the walk of shame and you got to get the electric grocery cart to do the roll of shame. That's a long night. 6:30, 6 is early for wine. I'm just sad it wasn't a glass of champagne or a bottle of champagne. <laughs> a bottle of champ- a then, bottle of, you know, cold duck or something, $3 champagne in a Pringles can. Yeah, a little bit of Andre, just cuz then I could say once you pop the cork, the fun don't stop. Wow. There you go. 
Get yourself a little orange juice and you're mimosing around the as you motor around the lot. You're mimosing. I want to know what flavor Pringles can was it? I know there's actually there's there's no uh, there's no indication because as we all know the greatest one is sour cream and onion, but that's not going to go well with wine. Yeah, I don't I don't know what other maybe the original. It also depends if it's white wine or red wine. Mm. Doesn't say in the store either. If I'm going red wine, perhaps I go with a barbecue Pringles, white wine, uh, salt and vinegar. Yeah, oh, that'd be nice. Yes, a nice Pinot, nice Pinot Grigio <laughs> with a salt vinegar. Uh, you know, original, you can go either way. You can go with a nice rosé, because rosé is all the thing now, so everybody can do that. Uh, yeah, so you, you never know. There's a lot. This is the problem when we get stories off the wire. There's always a lot of information that is lacking. And as much as we try to find the answers, we're only one fake news medium. We can't, you know, I can't possibly have all the answers. You know who might have some of the answers? Lou Manfredini. And he is going to join us on the other side of the news here at WGN. Yes, the, uh, as the mayor said, we are about to start a week of uh, rough weather here for for people. But it's not only rough weather for you and I as we try to navigate our way throughout the city as the Saskatchewan Screamer bears down on us tonight, bringing uh, snow and winds. And then we've got the frigid temperatures coming later in the week. Your house has uh, its own issues that, that that need to be dealt with. Lou Manfredini is the man to ask. You hear him every Saturday morning here on WGN, Mr. Fix-It. And uh, he is kind enough to uh, come out of his warmth and talk to me this afternoon. Lou, how are you? Thank you. I'm good. The, the Saskatchewan Screamer. I like that. That's, That's very good. I got that from Mike Hamernick, WGN uh, TV News. The Saskatchewan <laughs> Screamer is on its way, Lou. That's that's what you used to call that girl you dated in from Canada, right? Back years ago. Right, right, right. She was uh, she was something. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, it is uh, to say that uh, to say that the, the cold that's coming this uh, week is life threatening is not hyperbar- hyperbolic. This uh, this is bad no. news. It's not only bad news for us, though, as I mentioned. It's bad news for for our house. We have to we have to try to get into the house. We want our house to keep uh, keep us warm, and yet things are uh, things get dicier as the weather gets colder. Uh, I want to ask before before we get into some of the other stuff. Somebody texted, and so I fi- I'll take this question first, so I don't forget it. Uh, you know, we've got in house humidifiers. Somebody wants to know as it's getting this cold. What percentage do you keep your humidity at? What do you think they should set their humidity level at? You know, as it as it dries out and the temperatures uh, drop down, you want to actually lower that humidity level because if it's too high, what happens is uh, people will um, will notice they get a lot of buildup on the inside of the glass of moisture, which then freezes, cause mildew and mold. So when we get down to below twenty. Uh, degrees and below, you're really only trying to maintain about a 20% humidity level in the home because it's so dry. But the thing you have to remember is with whole house humidifiers or even room uh, humidifiers, it takes about 24 hours for that to adjust. So it isn't just like going to the dial and going, oh, great, you know. Um, <laughs> right. The, 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 average, the average family of four, uh, Brian, generates about four gallons of moisture in the air on a daily basis, just really? living in the house, okay. uh, taking a shower, flushing the toilets, brushing your teeth, cooking a bowl of pasta, whatever it may be. And so that also adds into the formula when you're looking at it. So, you know, if you have uh, the ability to adjust it down a little bit, that would be smart. Okay. But again, know that it's going to take you at least, at least a day for it to reach that to correct level. 
Correct. And that humidity level is important because um, that really helps you be more comfortable in the home. Uh, the the drier the uh, heat inside the home, the, you, you can feel that chill. And, you know, you go to rooms, you're like, gosh, I, I have the temperature set at, you know, 68, 70 right. degrees, but I still feel a little cold. And that can be a myriad of things, but adding a little humidity to the air uh, can really make a difference to improve the comfort in the home. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, going from room to room, because you had some comments in the Trib uh, today as well. Instead of turning the thermostat up for the whole house, you recommend some space heaters might be might be a better if you have <clears> one room that's colder than others. We have a little family room at the Manfredini home that, um, you know, has three big, large uh, windows. Windows and doors are always your area of greatest loss. Right. Even if they're thermal pane and even if they're locked and they're weather stripped really well, the um, the what people think of, oh, it's freezing in here, I'm going to turn the thermostat up. Well, you end up heating the whole home while you're trying to raise the temperature of that one individual room. And so we run a little space heater right in that area, right against the wall, okay. kind of blowing in. And then, boy, I can't stress this enough, um, ceiling fans, if you have them in your home, every one of them in the house right now should be on. Really? On low. On low. I don't really care which direction. Um, Reverse would be where it kind of pulls up from the center and hits the ceiling and cascades down because it's probably anywhere from 5 to 7 degrees warmer at the ceiling um, than it is where you're sitting on the couch or sitting at the kitchen table. And so that circulation of the air will provide you with more even comfort. And in particular, if you're running space heaters in a space, uh, you know, a room that's a little bit chillier, that's going to help circulate that uh, that room as well. Another thing to remember is please don't uh, operate it when you're not there in the home and be very mindful of uh, combustibles that are around there. If there's a couch or a a blanket that's nearby or drapes, whatever, you just want to make sure that nothing is is super close to those heaters so that you uh, don't run the risk of it igniting a fire. Let's uh, let's stay with heat for a little bit now. Uh, what about the furnaces? There's are there things we should do in advance? Obviously, you know, in the fall we should have all checked our furnaces to make sure they were good for the winter. But what additional steps do we need to take as we approach the middle of this week? As we're speaking right now, uh, you know. I would go down to the basement or the mechanical room and really check on the condition of the furnace filter if you have a forced air system. A clogged filter, as this system's really going to be working hard over the next few days, if it's clogged and it senses too much resistance, um, it could shut itself down. Uh, there's, you know, limit switches and overload sensors in, in modern-day furnaces now that you know, 20 years ago, none of that existed. Now they're very sophisticated pieces of equipment. And I've given the advice to people that, you know, if you're not going to go out, there's going to be a, 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 a large section of the populace in this kind of weather. You know, they've gone and gotten their milk and their bread. <laughs> sure. They, they they have strategically placed the um, lawn furniture for their parking spot. And they're like, that's <laughs> it. I'm not going anywhere. Why do I need to leave? Exactly. If that furnace built. If that furnace filter is clogged and you look at it and you're like, wow, this thing's really dirty, and you don't have one, pull it out and let the furnace run without a filter. It's fine. Oh. Um, it, 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 it will allow the system to breathe more easily. I would prefer it if you went to the hardware store or the home center sure. and got a new filter. But if you're not going anywhere, pull it out, and that will certainly assist. And moving the furniture around uh, is important, too, if you've got a couch that's over a a vent or a register. If you have radiator heat, 
and you have furniture up against the radiators, that is not allowing the radiator to be as efficient as it can, especially if it's baseboard heating. Mm. And so moving that furniture out, even just a foot, temporarily while we're going through these sub-zero temperatures for days on end, a lot is going to happen to your house. You're going to hear noises, and and you're going to hear things and feel drafts that you haven't felt in a long time. Or if you're someone that's in a newer home that you know you haven't lived through this kind of cold weather, you may be surprised that your furnace or your boiler may not keep up. And one other quick thing, yeah. people will be like, hey, I've got this thing set at 70 degrees, and it's only at 67 degrees. I'm going to turn it up to 75 your furnace and your boiler do not work like a gas pedal on a car. It doesn't heat up any faster. It doesn't make the temperature go up higher by you just raising the thermostat. If, for the most part, your furnace and boiler can keep your home to 70 degrees under normal circumstances, just leave it like that. It will catch up. Just make sure you seal up the drafts, and if it's cold, Put on a sweater and an extra pair of socks. There you go. Now, this is a conversation we've been having at home because my wife is like, maybe we should keep the blinds closed all day as an extra layer of insulation uh, on the windows. Is that is that something you you do? Is that something um, you're a proponent of? I think that she's half right. Like today, uh, you know, as I was, I was out doing a little shoveling and putting some ice melt down to kind of be in preparation for the snow that's coming so to make life easier. Right. But it was a sunny day, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, and if you open up the drapes on a day like today, and especially as the sun starts to drop, comes through the windows, it's going to help heat the home up. But then after the sun drops, closing the blinds, closing the drapes will help to insulate those areas of greatest loss and will assist a little bit in keeping that warm air inside the home. Uh, somebody texted and they want to know, is it safe to leave a vented gas fireplace on all night? Um, I mean, <clears throat> yes, I, I, as long as we have a working carbon monoxide and smoke detector yeah. in the home. I mean, I, I can't stress that enough, you know, at all times we should have that. But in particular, when it gets really cold, Brian, I mean, you know this, right? right. We're going to hear the stories where people do stupid things. Oh, yeah, I turned the stove open. on. Yeah. I was cold. <laughs> And so, you know, and then something happens. And so you really have to make sure that these things are are working properly. And you're not doing anything dumb, you know. I mean, let the furnace do the job. You know, a ventless gas fireplace is designed to run. I mean, it's it's a ventless system. There's nothing wrong with those. But you just want to make sure they're in good repair and you're aware that it's on. I mean, I would probably, if I was going to do something like that, I would set a timer on my phone to, like, if I'm going to go to sleep at 11 o'clock, at 2 a.m. to ring so that I wake up and make sure that everything's fine. Okay. Well, that's a good tip. All right, let's move from the heat to something. I've been, you know, once it starts getting cold, all you're doing is hearing about pipes freezing. Now, I I thought, well, you know, in modern homes, that's that's a thing of the past, but I'm completely incorrect on this. Pipes freeze all the time. Where... Where do I need to be concerned? What pipes in my house do I need to say, oh, i got to watch these, and others I can just go, eh, oh, these will be okay? Well, <clears throat> you know, if you've, got a, if you've got a powder room in the center of the house, you really probably don't have anything to worry about with the heating system, you know, working properly. If you have a bathroom on the outside wall of your home yeah. and there is a sink on the outside wall, 
that's areas you have to worry about. Uh, the base, if you have a house with a basement and you've got a laundry sink and you can see that the pipes are coming in from the walls, a lot of old Chicago land homes that are constructed this way. Yeah. This type of temperature drop, if you even if you've never experienced this before, can be a huge problem. And so it is not a bad idea to turn on those faucets. Just a little bit of a trickle. It needs to be both the hot and the cold, though, Brian, not okay. just one, because they're two separate pipes. And I tell people this all the time. Put a little bucket or a bowl. Try and get some of that water and retain a little bit of it instead of just having it go down the drain. If you have a dog or a cat, you can right. certainly use that water in their bowl. Or if you have indoor plants, you know, you're not going to use all of it, but at least you'll get to use some of it. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's... Uh, if, uh, Going back to the basements, you want to make sure, so if things are along the wall, and you're, those are the ones, and do we need to wrap the pipes, or just the trickle is enough? Well, I mean, what, what about for the washer? The, what about for the washer and dryer? Or the washer? Well, the, the dryer washer, doesn't need Yeah, the washer and dryer, typically, you know, they it depends on how they're fed. Some have their own, uh, you know, water lines that come to there. Some, and, and usually the wash basin and the pipes that feed the washing machine are kind of connected to each right, other. Exactly. And so if you leave a little if you leave a little trickle coming out of that faucet, your your those pipes are benefiting from it as well. Uh, certainly wrapping the pipes is always a good idea, but look, when we're talking about, you know, what do they said, you know, 40 below, below zero yeah, or something like that. 20 below air temp, 50, 40 or 50 below windshield. That's crazy stuff. And so um, even, I mean, in my own home that we've lived in, you know, since 01, I've never had an issue with freezing pipes there. And there's been some cold days. But I have in the past, when that we get this kind of temperature, leave a little trickle down in the basement just okay. to be sure. And for, like, in your kitchen, you can just, if you leave the cabinets open, is that going to be enough? Uh, because usually the, <clears throat> the main level of the house is, is fairly warm. Is that warm enough, or do we still need to leave the trickle in our kitchen sinks? If the kitchen's on an outside, here's the thing. If the, if you open up your kitchen, uh, you know, the cabinet where your kitchen sink is, right. and it is on an outside wall, and you see those pipes are coming from the back wall of the cabinet, yeah. then you need to leave a trickle. Okay. If they're coming up from the floor, not so much. But opening up those cabinet doors, you know, it's 68, 70 degrees in the kitchen. The cabinets are cold because you got the doors closed. So outside wall sinks where the pipes are coming in from the back wall of the cabinet, I would leave the hot and cold on as a trickle. Okay. Well, that is, because that's the thing. We're, we keep hearing about that all the time, the frozen pipes, and uh, that's an expensive proposition. People don't uh, don't realize. If, if your pipe does freeze, what's the best way, and it hasn't burst, what's the best way to start thawing it out? Open up those cabinet doors in the sake of a kitchen. Um, if you have a little space heater, open that. Let that space heater, you know, a foot in front of there to start to warm that cabinet. Doesn't have to be hot. You know, people no blow torches. That's where you get pipes to burst, and <laughs> right. it's dangerous to use. You can use a hair dryer, but a space heater is a great idea just to okay. warm it up. You know, if you point it inside the cabinet, you know, if the house is seventy degrees. That space heater will probably warm up that space to be, you know, 80 or 90 degrees. And then within about an hour, with the faucets open, okay. you should be able to thaw it out. Perfect. Uh, before I let you go, Lou, somebody else wants to know they have a drafty fireplace. What's the best way for them to deal with that this week? 
Yeah, I mean, with the flu, the, 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 the problem with that is even with the flu closed, that you're still going to draw that, um, you're going to draw that cold air in from the outside. Temporarily, what I would do in the weather like this, grab a blanket and use some masking tape and tape over the front of it like, wow. and just seal it up. doesn't look great, okay. but you'll be warm. Perfect. And uh, I, some people, I think, are confusing you with Steve Dale. But I'm going to ask the question anyway. They want to know, because you have dogs, what do you use on your dog's paws when it's this cold? Do you have the Oh, booties? yeah, no, I, I, I do talk about this. I, we use this thing. I, I take, we have two dogs, and we buy this uh, product called Musher's Secret. Okay. I'm and it is this little balm that you put on, the, on their pads of their feet uh, when you take them out in this really cold weather. And it, it's something that uh, uh, dog sled uh, trainers use on their dogs. And uh, the shameless plug is that we sell it at both our Ace Hardware stores. Ah, there you go. Now, do I do I have to wipe that <laughs> off? There? Listen, I'm all about sh- shameless plugs, Lou. That's why you know why not? <laughs> if it helps, uh, yeah. When you bring them, when helps. you bring them in, uh, when you bring them in, uh, it's a good idea to. Uh, well, certainly you want to check their pads because of the ice melt that a lot sure. of people will sprinkle around there. And when you come with a rag or whatever to wipe their paws, it comes right off. Okay, it doesn't leave a residue, and it really. One of our dogs is a little bitty dog who, when we take her outside, really doesn't like the the cold. But she can um, tolerate a quick little walk by using this stuff. Well, she sounds smart. Who wants to be? <laughs> who wants to be out in this I, kind right. of weather? I don't. I don't want to be out no. there. But my wife says, "Go walk the dogs." Ugh, let's see. I'll, I let them out, and my dog. They'll run down the stairs. I see them look around like this is insane. They do what they have to do. They're back at the door. <laughs> there you go. Good for you. Uh, do you have a favorite type of space heater? Another caller, another texter wants to know. Um, not really. Maybe one I mean, for the, the thing is hardware. Yeah, the the thing to know with all these space heaters, they all use about the same electricity when you use them. I mean, there's all kinds of oh, this one's like pretends like it's a furnace or whatever, but they all use anywhere from 750 to a uh, thousand watts of electricity when you're using them. It is just a question of sizing them correctly. Um, you know, the little ones are only going to do a little bit of space, so a little bit bigger unit will make a, a big difference. There's brands like uh, Polonis, Crane. Um, these are ones that, you know, you'll do just fine with. All right. Well, Lou, uh, hopefully you'll be able to stay warm all week, and I know Saturday morning you'll be getting a lot of calls from people whose houses have uh, completely frozen over. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. Nice to talk to you. Good talking to you, Lou. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. That is Lou Manfredini, Mr. Fix-It. You hear him every Saturday morning here on WGN. If you live in New York, you can hear him in New York, too. Lou is everywhere. All right, let's do this. Then there's more. It's WGN. You know, I often uh, make fun of the hysteria when it comes to weather. I mock uh, Storm Central. It's, we uh, we have fun with that a lot. But this is, a, this is serious business, and... Even though there's a part of me that feels I shouldn't have to tell you and give you some of these tips, I will do so. Please, please, please uh, bundle up. According to an emergency room doctor at North Shore University Health System in Evanston, uh, the most obvious danger this week is going to be frostbite, uh, which is when your body fluid body fluids freeze, crystallize, and expand. If you're outside for uh, just a few minutes, things can get bad. Frostbite can happen within 30 minutes at 15 degrees below zero and a 45 uh, wind 
45-degree wind, which we're going to have later this week. Frostbite can start in five minutes. So don't be cool, too cool to wear a hat. Cody, I'm looking at you. I know you didn't want to mess up that, that uh, quaff that you have sporting on the top of your head today. But uh, put on a hat. Guilty. Put on some gloves. Yeah. You know, I, I, listen, I remember being young and wanting to be cool and thinking, I'm not wearing a hat. I'm not wearing gloves. I'm too cool. See people out. If you're one of the guys who wear shorts, really, uh, one, move. Two, you're an idiot. Three, put on some pants uh, because your legs will get frostbitten. But I used to, now I bundle up like there's no tomorrow because actually after, there might not be. There might not be a tomorrow. Well, there'll be a tomorrow. There might not be a Friday. I was in a lift on Friday and yeah. legit we were behind a guy riding his bicycle with biker shorts. See, at that point, I think you can hit that guy <laughs> because, quite frankly, he. We need to weed the, those kind of people out. You know, you, you, no. If he keeps who that up, he's going to weed himself out. That's true, but let's speed up the process. Because uh, who are you trying to impress? <laughs> I'm not impressed. I think you need help. The only thing I'm impressed with is our uh, medical system. When I have you put into some sort of facility for the criminally and uh, mentally deranged if you're if you're wearing shorts you need a smack all right uh listen i I gotta tell you this uh first that uh, when it comes to weather we all want to know what did skilling say watch for updated forecasts from chicago's most trusted meteorologist that of course is tom skilling weeknights on wgn tv all right after the news we'll talk to the author of hashtag chill turn off your job and turn on your life brian robinson joins us after this most of us have to go to work i'm at work now uh, a lot of us will say to ourselves, man, I'm working too hard. I don't have any time for my myself. I need to have more of a life. I, I have to have something in my life beyond work, but I don't really know how to do it. Well, we may have a little help for you. Uh, Brian Robinson is the author of a new book, Hashtag Chill, Turn Off Your Job and Turn On Your Life, and he joins me now on WGM. Brian, thanks for taking some time this afternoon. Hey there, Brian. I'm glad to do it. All right. So now... Before we let, we'll give a little background. You say that you used to be a workaholic. What what made you reevaluate and change how you approach your work life? Well, because uh, my workaholism was like alcoholism. It's all I could think about, and it's all I did, and it was ruining all my relationships, my marriage. Uh, I was having physical problems. I was accomplishing everything. I was getting fat paychecks and accolades, but my personal life was was uh, crumbling under my feet. So it ended up that I had to get some help, and I didn't even realize what I was doing. When you're in the water swimming, you don't see the water you're swimming in. It's called denial, just mm-hmm. like with alcoholism. My my situation was an extreme example of what many people fall into. This book, Hashtag Chill, is for everybody who's on that continuum. There's some people maybe who are not that extreme. I mean, I even hid and sneaked my work like an alcoholic sneaking <laughs> a drink when, you know, somebody wow. tells them not to drink anymore sure. uh, because my family complained so much but because I had to do it. So, uh, but there are other uh, less extreme examples where most of us today are struggling with those boundaries and trying to find time to relax and take it easy. We're up to our eyeballs and, if not work, certainly tasks and getting things done, getting kids where they need to be and Mm -hmm. so forth. So a lot of it has to do with, you know, the boundaries being erased with the technology. We can be in the Amazon jungle 
and and uh, be on our devices 24/7. So it's about each of us stepping back, taking a breath, and, and finding that sweet spot I call hashtag chill. Why is that so important? I mean, we we, we hear this talk a lot. We hear t- people talking about work work life balance and looking yeah. for that as they're starting to find a new job. Why is it so yeah. important for us to find that? Balance? Well, it's a matter of life and death. Uh, to be quite honest, if you drive your car the way some of us drive our lives without brakes, uh, it's going to burn out or it's going to wreck. It's going to go off the cliff. So we need our gas, and we but we need brakes. And a hashtag chill is about finding the brakes in your life, finding that place where you can just take, even if it's five minutes a day, we know from studies that taking time out from the rat race five minutes a day helps you get to where you want to go actually faster, believe it or not, uh, and you end up uh, doing better. You're more productive and you're, you have cl- a clearer mind, you're calmer, you're healthier, and people who are uh, just the, the using the gas and not putting on the brakes will certainly die earlier because it creates uh, heart problems, it, it lowers your immune system, it causes all kinds of physical problems when we're living our lives that way. So uh, I know uh, work-life balance has kind of become a, a trite expression, yes. but, but when you think about it as terms of gas and brakes, you wouldn't drive your car without brakes. No. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't be on the planet very long. Now you you talked about taking that five minutes a day, and people go, "Oh, he's talking about talking about meditation." Uh, you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to sit cross-legged on the floor and burn incense and meditate. It doesn't have to be uh, that way, right? I don't. I don't do that either. I don't blame <laughs> you, Brian. No, we've got a, uh, meditation's gotten a bum rap, but uh, now we see now with all the studies from Harvard that uh, we can see the brain uh, under in the MRIs, and we can see the difference when people take time out. So five minutes a day of meditation or just contemplation or just pulling back and, and breathing and going within, whatever it takes, uh, it, it can change your life, it literally, and we have studies to show it. Because what it does on a cellular level, it activates what we call the parasympathetic nervous system automatically. If you, if if everybody listening were just to take three to five minutes and just go inside and get out of the thinking mind, uh, what I do is when I do that, I connect with my breath. And my mind will wander, and you just bring your attention back to your breath. It'll wander again. But that's what meditation is. Don't worry if your mind wanders. It's supposed to. Just keep trying to focus on your breath. And that will that will make a huge difference. And that's what putting the brakes on is. Brian Robinson is the author of Hashtag Chill. Uh, all right, Brian, you know, you know you're going to hear people say, listen, this all sounds well and good. But I've got so much stuff to do. I've got so many things at work, and then I come home and I've got all this. Uh, it doesn't. It's not going to. It's not going to matter to me. Why do so many of us think that way? Why are we so willing to neglect our own well-being in pursuit of making sure that uh, things go well at our job? Obviously, we need to work hard, and we need to, you know, be, do well at our job. But absolutely, yeah. what's the? You know, why do we? Why do we put that ahead of our own well-being? Well, I think a lot of it is not really understanding how significant it is, how important it is, and not having had the experience. Part of it's education, but part of it is just trying it out. People who go to the gym uh, and they work out one time know that if they want to lose weight or build muscle, it's going to take time. Uh, 
but when you when you do this, the people that I have worked with in my practice, when they meditate five minutes a day over a period of time, they're the ones who tell me. First of all, they're the ones like you just said. They throw their hands up and say, "I don't have time for it." But everybody has five minutes between sunrise and sunset. They're fourteen forty minutes in one day. You still have fourteen thirty five. And if we were to take that five minutes, it can really make a difference. But you have to give it a chance and really work at it, like you will sweat when you work out in the gym. Now, we all hear, some of us, you know, take great pride in being multitaskers. Oh, I'm a great, you hear that all the time. I'm, I'm so good at multitasking. I can get it all done. I don't need, I don't need to rest. Multitasking is not something we should always be proud of, right? Well, you know, it's interesting because the research that's coming out now, what we're really learning is all the things we used to think that made us more productive or more successful actually don't. And there, there are a series of them, and I talk about these in the book, but, and uh, multitasking is one of them. Uh, people who actually slow down and do one thing at a time uh, get to the deadline quicker. They, they're more effective. They enjoy it more, and they ultimately go up the success ladder quicker. And that's not my opinion. I mean, there's actual facts to, to support that. So multitasking really creates a lot of stress. It clouds your mind. It prevents you from thinking clearly, and uh, it it uh, keeps you from being able to focus and and complete the project in a a way that it, it is accepted by others. So, no, multitasking is not what it's cracked up to be. And one other thing that we the, we hear a lot about is that uh, the nine to five is dead. It used to be you'd go to work, you'd do all your work, you'd work hard all day, then you'd go home and everything was done. But one of the key takeaways from Hashtag Chill is that's no longer the case. There's no 9 to 5 anymore. We're, we're working all the time. No, Dolly Parton needs to change her song <laughs> title to 24-7. <laughs> that's the new, that's the new uh, phrase, right? Uh, and part of that is because we can be anywhere on the planet working. 24-7, and the technology, which is fabulous. I mean, that's a great thing, but there's a point at which, as even though it's an upside, it starts to become a downside. You know people, I'm sure you do, and I do too, who cannot resist uh, the buzz on their phone or the, right. the, the being, whatever it is. Uh, and when you constantly do that, you don't even realize that you are not – you're – allowing external circumstances to drive you when we're that at least to these electronic devices. So part of it is really taking charge of our lives and stepping back and and uh, taking time out even from that, even if it's the social media. So, yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's about you and me setting our own boundaries, not expecting the world to set those boundaries for us because the world will not do that. Well, you mentioned you mentioned earlier trying to take that five minutes a day to think and focus how long how long a break do you recommend that people take from as you said their technology or social media can it be can it help to just say all right for the next after dinner i'm not going to look at anything until i go to bed is that is that enough time or does it have to be bigger chunks well for me given the work that i do it that would do it uh, it depends on the work that you do. I know there's some people who have calls coming in from the West Coast or overseas, and that may not be practical. But for most of us, there's a point at which we can put our devices in a drawer somewhere, uh, just like you put your carpentry tools away after you've been making a cabinet in the den. You don't leave your saw and your drill out. 
these are devices that we use. We don't let them use us. But what's happening with greater frequency is people are allowing themselves to be led around by the nose with their devices, mm-hmm. pressures. They, they really don't have to if, if they stop and look at it. One of the reasons we don't see this is because so many of us are on autopilot. We don't stop and think about Who's in charge of my life? Is it me, or is it the workforce, or is it my gadgets, or is it uh, some some pressures I put on myself from the inside? One of the things that I talk about in the book are micro-chillers, where uh, they're simple little three- to five-minute exercises that help you start to see the water you're swimming in. One is called HALT, H-A-L-T. And what it reminds you of, it's an acronym for hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And it reminds you, when, if you're snappy or irritable, to think about what's going on and to step back from it and eat something if you're hungry. A lot of people don't even eat lunch anymore. If right. they do, they eat out of a vending machine. If you're lonely, call a, call a friend or a colleague. And if you're tired, make sure you get rest. So there are these simple little things like uh, making a to-be list alongside your to-do list, which most people don't even think about. But that brings balance to your life, and you start to feel better inside. It's amazing how simple this is. If we're pursuing hashtag chill as a a way of life, one of the compliments we used to give people at work is, boy, that person is really driven. They they work hard all the time. And, And in the book, you say there's a difference between being driven and being drawn. What's the difference? That's right. Yeah. When I was in the throes of the work addiction and uh, my life outside me and the workplace and even my own self-pressures were leading me around by the nose, I was driven by the, from the outside. It's a horrible way to live. A lot of people who see me working nowadays say, oh, you're still a workaholic because I still do a lot, but I also be a lot. It's about bringing my being and my being in the present moment to it. So... It's uh, and that's called driven. I mean, I'm, that's called drawn. When I'm drawn, it's coming from a, a chill place inside where I'm calm. I go through. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not pressured by myself or anything on the outside. I take my time. And the truth is, I, I have learned what the studies say. I, I'm producing better stuff. I'm happier, and I get there quicker, and I'm more productive in what I do. So driven comes from inside out. Driven, I'm, I'm sorry, driven comes from outside in. Being drawn comes from inside out. And that's really the theme of the whole book. And before I let you go, Brian, one of the things that, that confused me a little bit, you talk about if, you, if you're trying to achieve hashtag chill, you have to accept the opposite of of what you really want. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes. Well, life has bookends. Uh, you can't have an up without a down. You can't have a right without a left. You can't have a bottom without a top. So ultimately, everybody on this planet, everybody listening, is going to experience rejection, disappointment, and defeat. It's going to happen. It already has happened, and it will continue to happen with me and everybody listening. The thing is, to when we can accept disappointment, when we can accept rejection, rejection uh, it, it's the bookend to success, to reaching what we want. But the, the, the whole idea is when we do experience defeat or failure, I don't really believe in failure, we don't fail till we throw in the towel, that we keep on going instead of stopping. But the idea is that you um, never fail until you give up. 
It's a tape about taking that towel, wiping the sweat off your brow, the towel you want to throw in and keep on going. So life has bookends. When we can accept disappointment, it's easier to get through it. We have less reactivity, and we're, we're able to stay in that chill place. And what should people be looking for? If they're, if they're listening to us now and they're thinking, well, I, I don't really know if... I'm being if I'm being driven or if I'm really a workaholic. Do you have a couple a couple like warning signs that people should say, "All right, now I really got to go pick up hashtag chill and figure out what's going on with me." Well, you're going to feel more stress. You're going to, uh, depending on how old you are, as you get older, you're going to have more pro- physical problems because it takes a toll on us physically. Um, you're you're not going to be happy. You're going to feel more irritable. Uh, in some cases, there's more depression when you're living life from the outside in. But, but when you're living the life, your life from inside out and you're making decisions and taking charge of your life and slowing down a little bit, you, it's what I call an unburdening. You have less stress. You feel lighter. You're happier. Uh, your frame of mind is, is what we call the winning frame of mind. We could name a lot of people that all of us know, like LeBron James or Billie Jean King or Serena, Serena Williams, uh, people who've really made it in, in the world, Michael Phelps. They didn't get there just by sheer talent. They also know how to use their mind so that they can be successful. You can't get to the top of your game if you're pessimistic or if you're worried all the time or if you're anxious. So if when you find that sweet spot that I call hashtag chill, you automatically, you're more conscious of what you're doing, and you automatically feel calmer as you head towards your goals. The book is Hashtag Chill. Brian Robinson is the author. You can also read his blog on Psychology Today called The Right Mindset. All the information at brianrobinsonbooks.com. That's Brian with a Y. Uh, Brian, thanks for taking some time this afternoon. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Good Bye-bye. to talk to you. Again, the book, Hashtag Chill. You can go to brianrobinsonbooks.com. I am, uh, I'm going to have to do that because I am... Uh, I am not uh, chill, ever. You know that about me. Uh, somebody texting, what was the author's name? It is Brian Robinson, Brian with a Y, uh, and the book is Hashtag Chill. So just uh, punch in the hashtag, and then uh, the word chill. We'll get to more after this. W- after 5 o'clock, oh, man, there's a lot of talk. Will the schools close this week? Uh, people were upset that they didn't close on Friday. We'll talk a little bit about that and when you keep your kids home, uh, whether the schools are closed or not. And uh, another, oh, another story about an emotional support animal that uh, I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. I was uh, shamed on the text line, yes, because I said that I bundled up. And somebody texted me, or uh, texted, and they tried to shame me by saying I was a member of the Cake Eaters Club and that something had happened to me because I bundle up now. I'm like, yeah, okay, that seems uh, silly. Who do- What's the Cake Eaters Club? I think it means that you're soft and you just sit around oh, eating cake. Oh, come on. You know what? Two things I like, yeah. cake and being warm. There you go. And I don't care anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, as I've gotten older and thinner, yes, yep. I get cold. And so you know what I do when it's 20 below zero air temp with 50 degree below uh, wind chills? You bundle. I bundle up. That's right. Because I'm not an imbecile. Yeah. That's what smart people do. Uh, some, I can't remember, and now I feel bad that I can't remember. <laughs> I think it was Nancy Lou on WGN TV the other day told people, don't be stupid. 
Yes, that was the best advice. Yeah, you don't don't tell us don't you don't need to enumerate all the list of things we need to do. Yeah. Just look at somebody and go. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Like the guy Cody saw biking in shorts yesterday. You're an idiot. You, it's time to go. Yeah. You, we don't need you anymore. Let's either move to a warm climate or just ride out in traffic. Because quite frankly, you're a drain on society. When your legs fall off and we have to, you know, we have to pay for you to be hobbling around like uh, Eddie Murphy in trading places on your skate oh, scooter board. Geez. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to, you chose to put your legs out in this weather. And if if me saying that I bundle up mm-hmm. makes me soft, yeah, I'm like I'm like the Pillsbury Doughboy. I'm the State Puff Marshmallow Man. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm soft, so be. You know what else I am? Toasty warm. Because there's no reason yes. we're you know we live in a uh, in a society now. Yeah. I'm not someone uh, coming over the the uh, Antarctic back in the day. But you know who uh, you know what they did? They killed animals and then wore their skins. Know Ooh, why? Because right. they were part of the. Well before Cake Eaters Club. Right. Where people's desire is to stay warm. Before there was even cake. Right. There yeah. was no cake back there. <laughs> yeah, right. People were, you know, they were killing their coats. We just have to go to you know, Macy's or Walmart or wherever to get our coats. Yeah. We don't have to kill it and wear it. For, if we for, did, imagine how cold most of yeah. us would be. For one who has been in the extreme cold, yes, like 50 below zero, with not being bundled up, um, trust me. I'd rather be bundled up. Yeah, there's no shame in... No. You know, again, I, I know that when you're young, it's cool to just go out in almost nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you see these, you see, especially on a Saturday night, if you're downtown at the hip places where Cody goes, you oh, know, yeah. with his giant uh, giant hairdo, yeah. you think uh, everybody's like, oh, the, the ladies are in their short dresses and things, and the guys are just in their, I don't know, silk shirts. Do guys still wear silk shirts with the big medallions? They still uh, Tony <laughs> Monero in it up? Still disco dancing? Probably. There's sure, one or two. There's got to be somebody with that throwback <laughs> style. Everything's coming back. So uh, they feel the city breaking. Everybody's shaking. They're yeah, staying alive. I like Not that. too long if they're out dressed like that. No. Then they're dead. Something else is breaking. Sure. Yeah, their because limbs. it's frozen, so yeah. Right. It's going to be so cold, your undercarriage will look like a Ken doll. <laughs> it's not going, to be, not going to be pleasant. All right. We've got to go to the news because I've, uh, I've got, I'm all warm. Yeah, well, you need up. to calm down a little no, bit. No. i got to get uh, my blood temperature, my temp up, my body temp up. Oh, okay. That's why I'm gonna be, you get going to jog around the studio? No, next two hours I'm just going to be in a, an inferno of hate. Just <laughs> to keep myself warm. Uh, here are the sounds that matter. The top five of five from the Rokon Show with Anna DeFlante's weekday afternoons at 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. And if your machine's not frozen, it'll probably do just that. Uh, Roger, starting a little early today. That is nice. It's nice to see you. You know, when the weather gets severe, I like to check in with Roger to see what uh, what crazy circumstances he's going to put himself in in order to become the, the, the focus of the news rather than reporting the news. Are you going to be... Uh, well, I think when I leave tonight, or actually in the morning... Sure, because it'll right, be snowing. Right the, You'll yeah. be right in the heart of it. Why would I leave before it snows? Um, I think I'm just going to stop in the middle of Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, not, not because I'm forced to. Just because you want to? Just because I want to. And I'll say, I'm reporting from Lakeshore Drive. I'm just going to stop right there. I'm not going to pull off into those little... <laughs> You know, safety sure, pullover pull area. No, no. I'm right in the middle as the cars go whizzing past me at 100 miles an hour, slipping and sliding, and I will be able to report on that. I like that. Yeah. Then you become the news. Yeah. All well, right. you know, it happened sure, once. Then, then Vic, will, uh, Vic Vaughn, who does oh, yeah, the news right. overnight, he'll take care of it. He'll yeah. be, you'll be on there. You can call into Nick's show and give some uh, account mm-hmm. of your travails. Sure, sure. Well, be careful, because what time do you get out of here tonight? I'll be leaving a little after 1230. All right, for those of you who would like yeah, to stalk I, Roger. It's I think it'll be fine. 
I don't know. Listen, well, if, at the early part, I mean, they're push, they've pushed back the start of the snow okay. a couple of hours since I was in early this morning. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It was supposed to start about 9. Now we're getting about 11 o'clock. All right. Well, then you're an hour and a half in. Yeah. So it'll be, oh, it'll be crazy. I am, uh, I'm done. Yeah, have I mentioned that? I'm done. We talked about this. I talked about this with uh, Pete and Jane a little bit because they do a love it or hate it at the end, and mm-hmm. they talked about snow. And Jane and I both said hated it. I'm going to ask you guys this, and I'll throw it out to you too. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Would you move? Because yes, this is this weather is awful. Granted, every every part of the country has its own climatic challenges. Whether it's when we lived in California, it was earthquakes and fires. Yeah. Uh, the people in the Southwest have extreme heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, down in my second favorite city in the uh, universe, New Orleans, Louisiana, it's 10,000% humidity, which I know before you math teachers call me, go, Brian, that's <laughs> mathematically impossible. Uh, 100 is the top you can be. No, uh, unless you've been to New Orleans in August, it's 10,000% humidity. And uh, don't at me, as the kids say. About that's right, Cody. I threw a don't at me. Very topical. Yes, you know I like to keep my thumb on the pulse of what's happening with the kids. That's what you know. In case I, in case I want to, you know, want to work at a music station, spinning the discs, you know, the hot hits. I got to know what the kids are talking about. Anything can happen. Sure, you never know. Uh, but yeah, don't at me. When did that start? When did that become a thing? Oh, I don't know, but I love using it. I saw you used it a couple times on Twitter. It just means you, you're not going to argue with people. That's basically it, right? Yeah, don't, but every, don't argue with me. Yeah, but I use it only ironically. You use everything only ironically. What what uh, terms of speech do you use non ironically? Uh, what was Other that one? When you tell me you love me. <laughs> What was that one? What was the word that I used earlier? <laughs> Untenable. Untenable is great. Yeah. Which is how I described this weather to my wife yesterday. I said, we have to, we have to do something. This is untenable. Living like this is, you can't, I can't do it anymore. But well, then, so here's the question. So the yeah. question is, would you, this is what Pete asked me. So if somebody offered you a, um, a condo in Fort Myers, Florida or Naples, Florida, would you move? And Ooh. I, without hesitation said, yes, of course I would. Hmm. Would you, let's let's just say, it, because I know, here's, here's the arguments people make. Well, this is where my job is. This mm-hmm. is where my family is. Mm-hmm. I can't leave. And I would say, you know, yes, there's, there's other jobs. Uh, two, in this day and age, travel between cities is not, you know, financially it could be, it can be difficult, but you could drive, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those things taken into account, my answer would be yes. If so, given an opportunity, I would move right. to a warmer climate. All right. Is it specifically a condo in... Uh... No, it can be wherever. Oh, okay. Where do you want to move right. that's warm? Well, well for, and, it, and listen, it, let's yeah. not make it... Let's keep it in the realm of possibilities. Like, would I want to be on a beach in Fiji? Yeah. You know, I'll wax down just wearing a sarong every day. My job is to go out and collect coconuts and sell them to yokels. Uh, yeah, that would be fantastic. But that's not the realm of possibility. I'm Got never going to be... I'm never going to be the rock living on a beach. But, man... How great would that be? Yeah, it would. Sure. Until, until you, but then even then you go, oh, what about a tsunami? I got sand in places I don't want sand. Every place has its challenges, right? Yeah, There's, it's true. Nowhere, Everything nowhere does. Nowhere is perfect. The insects, uh, the, the, the animals that are different there, you know. Oh, sure, because I, I interact with a lot of animals here. So <laughs> I, I would be very worried. Uh, you're, you're not the kind of animal I'm used to interacting with. What do you usually interact with? My two dogs. Oh, yeah. not like exotic animals? No, no, no. Just dogs. You don't have, we, we have dogs here. Yeah, but they're different. They have an accent. I don't like it. 
and they have bigger teeth, and they, they invade. Where do you live My that your dogs have bigger teeth? Well, I'm talking if you're on some some all right, again, let's exotic get back. island. Let's pull it That's back. That's what I'm saying. Let's pull it back okay, in. Right. Let's pull it back in. All right, all right. The question is, if you were yes. offered a place in a warmer climate, would you move? Uh, yes. Straight out? Yes. Straight, straight out. out? Yes, I would. Okay. Now, I have conditions, but we're not getting into yeah, that. We're not you getting said straight into, out. No, no, yeah, we're not getting into hypothetical conditions. You know, well, it's not hypothetical. All right, it's, what's your condition? Well, the condition is, if let's say I want to move to Florida. Sure. Okay. Nice place down there. I've been down there. Uh, my folks used to spend the winters down there for a number of years. Uh, if we could move next to uh, where Steve and Johnny uh, have their place down there. Too far north for me in Florida. Really? Panama City Beach. That's right. That's almost like living in Alabama. Too far north. you got to be further south where it's hot. It's only like 40 there. But it's warm there, isn't mm, it? No. My buddy has a house right near Steve and Johnny's. Oh, really? Yeah. And he, it's not he, warm? He actually, so, not as warm as you would think. Not as warm as if you get down into central and southern All right. So Florida. I move a little further south yeah, where it's a south. little bit warmer. Okay, fine. Within driving distance to uh, ha- go f- out for dinner with them. Okay. One. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm, All right. Yeah, listen. All right. We gotta, we, I got to <laughs> rein you in. I was got to rein you in the, the answer the answer from you is yes yeah yeah cody yeah, what yeah. would you move <laughs> nah no you you want to stay here in the f- frozen midwest home is where the heart is and my family and friends are nearby and i just i'm not gonna i can't leave my family i've tried i've been over this i've in my mind many times back when i was an aspiring actor and i thought maybe i'll move to los angeles i remember when you were going to move to los angeles Follow- i keep waiting for you to, to be gone one day but yeah. you're not. <laughs> follow the dream i just can't do it I can't yeah. move that far away from my family, and uh, and I got a lot of friends here. I'm just I have too many roots, Brian. That ship has sailed. Early twenties, really? mid twenties, I could have jumped around, but I just I have no desire to move. Start my social circles again. Get used to a new environment. Okay. See, and I uh, and I feel the judgment when you look at me and say it like that. No, not because at all. I would uh, I would move in a heartbeat. And yeah, that's that is great. And in I you know I marvel at people who just. Even you know, even even people who just retired, who are like, yeah, now I'm going to move halfway across the country. It's like, wow, you've lived here for thirty or forty years, and you've got all your friends here, and your yeah. networks, and your things you're used to, and and the nostalgia, and you're just going to go to like Arizona or Florida, right. and a lot of people do it, and that's right. it's wonderful to me, but it's just not where I'm at. I and I guess see for me at this point in my life, if. Molly's gone. Molly is Molly's a grown-up. She's wherever she is. And whether we're here or whether we would be somewhere else, I could fly to visit her and she could fly to visit us, just as it is right now. Debbie would be with me wherever we are. So there it is. Uh, my family is kind of all over. My mom's here, and we'd see her and, my, and a couple of my brothers. But one of my brothers is in Minneapolis. One of my brothers is in Florida. So we're kind of spread all out. So what is it? What is it that keeps you in a place? And that's a fundamental question. Is Comfort. It, is it, well, are I'm we not comfortable talking about, this week? <laughs> I'm not talking about cold or, or temperatures. I'm talking right. about the comfort of being familiar with the surround. Like Cody just said, mm-hmm. his comfort level is here. Right. Temperature but extremes or not. Right. But can you... Can you are, Maybe I'm different. I can become comfortable wherever I am. And that could be from all my years on the road. I was forced through my career mm-hmm. to be either to be miserable because I was on the road or to be comfortable in my surroundings. Now, mm-hmm. does that mean I don't miss certain things about either home or uh, somewhere else? Mm-hmm. No. But when we moved to California, I was able to say, okay, 
Yes. Did I have to learn where the store was and the oh, different sure. routes and all? That, but that was fine. We did because the same thing family, when we moved to Vegas. Right. But because your family is with you, so it's well. Not, but not it was just me and Bridget. Family. I left. I left my parents. She left her parents in Galesburg. Right. You know, and that's and, and we and, traveled. You know, they right. came and, out to visit and sure. And, and all some that. people, some people are fine with that. Me being one of them. Some people are not, and that's that's okay. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. What keeps you in a place and are you are you willing to move if you if you were offered and it's and this week you know we bring it up this week because this week is going to be miserable being here if you could move would you would you sacrifice what you love about chicago to be somewhere where you never had to shovel again 312-981-7200. I'll talk to you after this. WGN. If you could move somewhere warm and avoid a week like we are going to have, would you? And more of a broader question, what keeps you to a place? Somebody texted in community community involvement uh, and family is what keeps one reason not to leave Illinois. Well, that was two two reasons not to leave Illinois. Somebody said, love the topic. Perfect for what's happening to all of us. Weather, taxes, crime, etc. Yes, you know, Illinois, well, I, grew, I was born here, I grew up here, I've lived the majority of my life here. There's a lot of problems. Now, does that mean somewhere else is automatically perfect and there are no problems? Absolutely not. But, you know, it, it's a thing to think about. 312-981-7200. Let's start with Ryan in St. Charles. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing tonight? I'm well. So what do you think? Would you, would you go well, if you could? I, I'm kind of torn back and forth because... I went away to school at Western Illinois in Macomb for a couple of years, and I, I did feel a little bit of warmer weather. But I found myself on the phone with my family and friends like almost every day just because I missed their company. Okay. So family and friends really keep me in town. Yeah, and that's... Kind of makes it worthwhile. There's nothing wrong with that, and that's I, I assume that that's going to be the reason for uh, for a lot of people, that we stay because this is where our family and friends are, and this is yeah. where we're comfortable, and... You know, we'll put up with, and you know, you'll put up with a week like we're going to have, and a winter like mm-hmm. we have every year, because that other stuff is important to you. Exactly. So, all right, uh, the, the grasses are greener on the other side, obviously <laughs> this week, but uh, always, we'll, we'll put up with it. All right, Ryan. Thanks for the call. Taxi driver Bob wants to weigh in. What's up? You guys, I, I don't know where, where was the where was the acid being sold at over there uh, by you? Because I mean, Roger Vadish is giving living place advices when he's still running the carpooling uh, uh, clinic over on Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it's a, it, like I say, it's familiar. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 it's familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I, I I couldn't really say where. I would uh, would want to live unless I were to travel to a number of places to actually experience what it was like in those given spots. I mean, for South Florida gets excessively, excessively hot right. during the summertime, and if you're going to be living there all year round, and you know during the summertime it's in the mid 90s with the humidity at the same point. But Roger did have a point where living up in the northern part of uh, Florida it doesn't get quite that hot during the summertime, and also. Uh, Johnny is a hell of a cook. Until you've eaten some of her food, you know, her key lime pie is just to die for. Sure, but see, here's the problem, Bob. Roger assumes that they're going to invite him over for dinner. 
this is this is wild speculation on his part, as is usually the case when you speak with Roger. There's a lot of a lot of hypotheticals that are way, way, way over the top. Roger, I have a better chance of going over to their house to dinner than you do. Okay? You're right. <laughs> All right. You ask them. You ask them. Did you have a taxi driver Bob over to dinner or to Roger? Mm. And they'll say, no, we'd rather have Brian. Yeah, well, that's an easy way. <laughs> Bob, thanks for the call. Uh, we got a text uh, from the 331. I'd move in a heartbeat. I would need to wait until my kids are 18. Then I would be 19 years away from full pension. Um, from the 6 real, we've lived in Naperville all our life, three generations going back to the late 1800s. We'll be retiring in five years, moving to North Carolina to get away from the taxes and corruption in government in Illinois and better weather. Uh, we'll continue to work. Yeah, I'm almost 75. I'm going to be needing more help as I get older. If I couldn't get family to move to a better climate, uh, then I, if I could get family to move to a better climate, then I'm all in. Yeah, see, one of my brothers uh, moved to uh, moved to an island in Florida. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he's An on Anne Island. Island. Oh, wow. Uh, they live right across from the Gulf. But my mom goes down there for a few weeks, and I was like, well, see, you know, yeah. mom can travel. She'll, you know, she'll get to a point. Uh, but who who knows? This is a, I'm just, this week I've just had it, quite frankly, and that's why I started thinking about this. What is it that keeps us in a place? Yeah. Comfort is obviously number one. Uh, family, number one, you know, it's all it's all right up there. Yeah. But if you were given the opportunity, and of you know, so that this is why I'm just saying you're given the opportunity because well, could I find a job? Blah 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 blah. We're 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 going to take that off the table and just assume that yeah, you'd be able to find a job, and right. yes, you'd be you'd you know you'd go somewhere where you could afford to live. So would you go? Margaret in Bridgeport says, now that I'm finished college, I needed to find a full time job. The only one that was offered was here in Chicago. If I was offered a great job in Connecticut in CT or MRI, I would live in Death Valley. And as Orion said, watch the desert go by. Yeah, not not bad living. Oh, let's go to somewhere that sounds warmer. Even I'm not sure how the weather is today. Jeff's in Heart Springs, Arkansas. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Brian. How you doing? I'm doing well. How's the how's the weather in Arkansas today? Uh, we got up to 60 today, and I actually just covered up my pontoon boat because me and my dogs went out for a ride today. All right. Thank you. I, why did I ask? <laughs> <laughs> now, me and my wife, we've been here uh, just about four years. We just came down here on a whim and on vacation and, and kind of liked the area and, and checked some properties, and we thought, why not? Were you from you here know, we were in just, Chicago? Uh, we're, we're from the Rockford area. Okay. And- yeah, so, I mean, just we were just... You know, tired of the the crappy winters and stuff. Yeah, and yes, it gets very warm here in the summer, and it gets humid. You know, like you were saying in uh, in New Orleans and stuff. But it's uh, it doesn't bother me. I kind of like it. Yeah, I mean, and and we get humid here too. That's what people seem to forget. They're like, oh, the the summers are so yeah. glorious here, and they're nice. But we get days where it's ninety five percent humidity. Yeah. So but like here, eighty start at the end of March and April, and you know they continue all the way to you know October. Now you're talking. Now you're talking, yeah. Jeff. I like it. Well, thanks for the call and for making us uh, a, little, a little bit jealous. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Have a good thanks, one. Brian. Take care. Yeah, listen. All right. Uh, say goodbye to the world's best food if you move out of Chicagoland. The rest of the world food stinks when I'm on vacation. Oh, I don't, I, listen, there's a lot. If I were ever to move, there's a lot I would miss about this city. I missed it when I lived in Los Angeles. But you know what? I found good food in Los Angeles. I find good food when I'm on vacation. Um, do I still... When I would come, when we would come back, when we were living in California, mm-hmm. when we I, would I go to certain places because I couldn't get it somewhere else? Sure, but that's you know, so you live every everywhere. 
Yeah, you know. So there's always there's always something, and I think we'll, we can continue taking some calls after if, um, on the other side of the news. I think some people, and this may be the the vast minority, are just scared of the they move. Don't, they don't change. Yeah. Change is not good. Uh, I saw. I heard uh, a, a commercial the other day. It was for one of the insurance companies. What uh, Allstate? It was for Allstate. Okay. How handy. Yeah. Uh, where Dennis Haysbert, the great Dennis Hay with the deep voice, oh, man. Uh, he said the average person moves 13 times in their life. The a- And I said, that can't be right. And then I started to enumerate all the places I've lived, from my parents' house to all, not counting the dorms. Right. But all my places. And I was at 11. I'm in 11. You counted college as one, right? No, I didn't even count college. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause That's I, four years of your life, Well, though. but I was in the dorms for most of it. But still, so it's a different dorms. place. It's a different city. All right. Well, then I'm at 12. Count it. Yes. Oh, okay. Don't yell at me. Well, I'll I'm come sorry. in there. I'm not, I'm not I know afraid you will. of you. I'm Benny Hill, the top of your little head. Now, don't report me to HR. You know I'm kidding. You know, I love you. I don't want a whole big thing. I'll come in and give you Your a Your hand hug. will slip off the top of no. my head anyway. It's slick today. I'm going to give you a big man hug just it. to show you you shave. Oh. You shave the dome. All right, we're yeah. going to continue talking about this on the other side. Not Roger shaved head. That's you know, <laughs> no, please. creepy. But we'll, uh, we'll talk about uh, what keeps you in a place, and if you could move and leave all this, all this behind, would you? We'll do that on the other side of the news. All right, we've been, uh, we've been asking the question, if you could move to somewhere warm and avoid all this and and avoid everything else that Illinois comes with the taxes uh there's there's government corruption everywhere let's not lie to each other uh, would you go and on the flip side what keeps you anchored to a place is it all family is it friends is it comfort is it in some cases fear of the unknown and going going somewhere that you've never been and going ah, i i don't know i don't know if if i could actually live here uh, from the 312, I actually enjoy the cold. A chance to hunker down and relax. Would rather stay here. Very good. Uh, from the 616, the east-northeast too crowded. The south, humid and hurricanes. West, fires, earthquakes, high temps, northwest rain. I'll stick to the Midwest. Forgetting the humidity of the tornadoes. Uh, you know, <laughs> again, every place has their challenges. Uh, Dusty's been hanging on in Milwaukee. Hi, Dusty. Hi there, Brian. How you be? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm grand. So um, what do you think? I moved to Chicago in 1972. I am a 37-year season ticket holder at Wrigley, Section 126, row 11, seats <laughs> 1 and 2, and I would not leave ever. There you go. And it's, so it's the Cubs. It's what else do you what else keeps you here? Um, I've never lived more than 10 blocks from the ballpark. Okay. So I love um, I love my city. Yeah. I'm a retired school teacher. Taught uh, for a lot of years in Chicago. I just love it. There you I go. I drove in and went, my city. Okay. <laughs> there you go, Dusty. Well, I'm glad you're happy. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Take care. Chris has been hanging on in Algonquin. Hi, Chris. Hi. So what do you think? Would you go if you had a chance? Absolutely not. No. What What keeps you here? I have two children and five grandchildren that all live in this area, ah. and um, three of my grand my grandsons play hockey. Another one is a wrestler in high school, and my granddaughter is a dancer. There is no way I would leave because I would miss all their activities. Yeah, see, and I bet if I asked my mom, she would answer. She would answer the same way. I, I don't want to go. I've got you know. 
three of her three of her five grandkids live here, and they're in all kinds of stuff, and she likes going. So she would probably have the same answer as you, Chris. And that's it's a you know that's a great reason to stay. Right, and um, I grew up in Park Ridge. I have lived here all my life. There's no way I'm going to move. All right. Well, I'm glad you're happy, and uh, good luck watching all those hockey games and the dance recitals. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Uh, look at it now. We're gonna go. We're gonna go out and see the opposite end of the spectrum. Tom is in Arizona. Hello, Tom. Hi. How's it going there? It's about uh, seventy-three today. All right. Did you and need we're... to rub that in? Thank you. Did, 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 really? <laughs> so seventy-three. I lost, in Arizona. I lost a lot of my friends from Chicago because I'm calling them in the wintertime. You know, <laughs> talking to them. <laughs> sure. No. So, you you lived here, I'm guessing, at first. Yes, uh, both my mom and dad's side of the family have been in Chicago since the late 1800s, and so my roots go deep there. Sure. I think my my wife is not from Chicago, and, uh, you know, she struggled because if you didn't go to high school there and you didn't have this there and you didn't have that there, people act a little bit different towards you. And I, I saw her, uh, we lived there the last 10 years, we moved a year, a little over a year ago, and... Uh, it was just interesting when we get out west. What happens is, um, you know, either people are on vacation here, especially now, sure, or they're they're from somewhere else. And so, I'll walk down the street, and if the neighbors are <clears throat> there or anything, people literally just stop and talk to you, uh, no matter if they know you or or not. You know, yeah. they'll just pull over in their car and say hello. You go to Home Depot or you go to wherever you are, you know, Starbucks, and everybody says hello, talking to each other. And um, huh. so th- that quality of life, I think, yeah. is what shocked, shocked me the most of how friendly, you know, and open people are, maybe because yeah. they, well, they moved here, they didn't maybe have as strong roots or something. Well, and but that's funny you should from say. from somewhere else that lives here, it seems like. And it's yeah. funny you say that because the the thing about Chicago, and I, I believe this, is everybody says how what a friendly city it is, you know. Yeah, and, right. and I found that to be true for the most. But then again, I grew up here, so you yeah. know maybe it is maybe it is different if you move somewhere else. So that's that's a good point, and that's how it was when we lived in California. Pretty much everybody we met was from somewhere else. Right, right, so. and so we've got Alexa, so we listen to WGN. Uh, Two miles down the road, they opened Rosati's Pizza. There you go. So uh, I got uh, Luke's Hot Dogs is here. So, yeah, I'm all, I'm all set. Very nice. Well, Tom, thank you for the call. Uh, you know, try to try to stay cool. I have to say I that because for, for a change of pace. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Uh, from the 224, we're moving to Phoenix. The house is going on the market this week. Family is the only reason to stay. Uh, let's see. Brian, people live in the cold all the time. Sure they do. Canada, Minnesota, etc. Yes, my my brother lives in the Twin Cities. Uh, he loves doing outdoor stuff in the winter. He he loves it. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's wrong to want to live in in you know where you're at. I'm just asking a question. You can you can live wherever you want. Some people live in a place and they go. You know what? I'm I'm tired of this. I have to. I want to live somewhere else. Um, I love all seasons. It's the constant haranguing about the weather. Uh, not that bad. Uh, We've had way worse years. Uh, not according to not according to what Tom Skilling and everybody else is saying. This is going to be historic cold this week. Historic. Um, let's see. I moved to St. Petersburg, Florida, in 2013. 
I resigned my company after 22 years as a case manager, which I love, love, love. I've been visiting uh, Paso Grill Beach on the Gulf of Mexico and couldn't resist. I'm a case manager. Uh, I miss Chicago and my friends, but I do get back when I can. I really miss the West Suburbs. Um, why not? I get to listen to WGN Radio. Uh, no worries there. That's from Carolyn. Yeah, see, people people do it all the time. I know, Cody, it's weird to you that people would move, but people do. Brian, I've lived in Crystal Lake since 1966. I'm very familiar with everything. Uh, if you weren't on the air, I might, consider, I might consider moving if I wasn't. Well, thank you. That's very nice, Carrie. I appreciate that. Um, I, that that's always nice. You know, listen, Cody, if I ever were to move, uh, you got to move with me, and then we'll uh, we'll do, do a show from somewhere else. I'll see what I can do. But just think of it. We do, do it from beach chairs. With a cabana man or woman. There's always some give and take, you know? You do have to... Yes, there is always give and take. Well, my wife and I have been talking about looking for a house. Yes. And I grew up in Rockford. My parents have a very lovely home. I've always lived in a house growing up. Yes, sure, sure, sure. Before college. Now I live in an apartment. But I, you know... I always thought when I become a homeowner, the home will be a house where I own land. I can go sure, dig a hole. suburban house. Yeah, yeah exactly. But then um, so we actually used some big data. The other day, we went through my Google Calendar from the last year, and we okay. actually counted up how many times we went out to the theater, how many shows we went to, how many times we went out with friends, how many times we just stayed at home, mm-hmm. and, and tallied it. And about half the days of the year, we're doing something that we're full, fully utilizing the Chicago. City. Right. You know, seeing big acts and, and or theater and yeah, all that. Yeah. So, like, now we're at this point where it's like, I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You know, no. I'm not going to get a house like my parents in Lincoln Park unless I want to pay eight, literally $8 say, million. You, dollars. you must be doing much better on that side of the glass than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> you're, dro- you're dropping eight mil on a mansion in, the, in Lincoln Park. Good for you. Yeah. So then we, you. then we start looking at suburbs. And then it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, some places are really close on the metro. You know, right, we, but it's a it is a different lifestyle. So right, living in the suburbs is different, and that's why. Like, if if we were ever going to go, I would not go to some small little place. I would still want to be in a in a major city because I like the amenities of the city. I want it. I want to see shows. I want concerts to come through. I want some sports teams around. You know, uh, I I want that. I want a city feel. I want culture. Um, but you know. My bones are not like they used to be, and I need, you know, I got the rheumatiz. And so I'd like to, you know, maybe somewhere where my joints don't freeze up, you know. But, it, but again, it's all, it's all give and take. Everything is, everything is a compromise. I just wonder, I was wondering why people, uh, you know, some people, will, some people won't even think about it. Like, it's, it's, it's a definite boom. So, like me, when Pete asked me the question, would I move, my answer was immediate. Sure. Some people say the other way, absolutely not. And I get I get the family connections. But as one of the texters said, <laughs> um, one of the texters said, you see family, you don't see family for weeks. You only see your wife, partner, and kids every day. Move to the Sudbelt, fool. Which <laughs> which is true. I mean, I can talk to my mom every day. I see her, you know, every week, every couple weeks, uh, you know. Depending on, uh, she's always out doing stuff, but wherever, you know, so that's, that's that, um, you know, would I miss seeing my, my young nieces? Yeah, but there's a, you know, now there's so many ways to keep in touch and to see things. And I know they, you know, they travel all the time. Who knows? But that's just, when you hear, when you hear that the, uh, walking outside can kill you, 
uh, there's just you know you allow your you allow your mind to drift other places. Well, but go down to Florida. Look at the hurricanes. Right, They're leveling entire cities. That's right. You stay inside. That could kill you. There. Yes, staying inside could kill you. Going outside could kill you. Every everywhere could kill you. Name me a place that can't kill you. You know. But here's the thing: as I said to Debbie yesterday, when I came in after shoveling for the 18th time, I said, when I go, I don't want it to be in a snowdrift. You know, if a hurricane comes and sucks me up like the Wicked Witch and the Wizard of Oz, that's a pretty cool way to go, I guess. If you got to go, which we all have to go, you know, ideally it's peacefully in your sleep. Wow, this tur- this took a weird, morbid turn. It's very it? dark. Very dark, very fast. Well, it got dark outside. So I my mood is always tied to the light on the outside. So Thematic. right now, very, all oh, very dark. But, you know, I'm like, wait, wait. Who knows what is today's snow going to be? That heavy uh, heart attack snow. I always love that too. Oh, it's heart attack snow. Don't go out and shovel, but make sure your walk is clean so the postman and your neighbors can get by. Well, what, what is it? Do I risk a heart attack or do I let my neighbors fall down? I don't know. I, but I, I, because here's the thing: Debbie doesn't pay attention when I go out to shovel. The dogs could care less. So I could be out there literally in a snowdrift for hours. Before she would even, it might be a day before she even realized I wasn't around. You know, if I'm out shoveling tonight when I get home from work and something happens, she wouldn't notice until she left for work tomorrow. Then she'd go, oh, it's weird. I wonder where he is. And since she'd go out the back door to go to the garage and I'd probably drop dead out in front, nobody'd find me. Yeah. So, at least if I go in a Hawaiian shirt and shorts, I look better. <laughs> My skin has a healthy glow to <laughs> it. <laughs> Only if you got a nice bronze tan. Oh, you know I will. If I were ever living, I, I would be, I would be Ric Flair tan. Woo! Woo! And, <laughs> and maybe I'd bleach what little hair I have left completely white, and then wear a giant medallion, perhaps a Mercedes Benz logo. Why not? Yeah, because then you're, you know, you're all wrapped up. Uh, all right, let's do this, and then uh, we have to talk about why you were in such a hurry to get out of here tonight. There. <laughs> Big big event. Oh, we're gonna get into that. Oh, sure. We have to. We have to. And there was something else you wanted to. Uh, something else you had a story about that you wanted to share. Classic cinema. Yes. So we'll do all of that after this on WGN. All right. Somebody giving me one tip uh, before we get into Cody's story. Uh, to uh, I should get one of those panic buttons that I wear around my neck. Uh, <laughs> uh, that uh, one that calls nine one one when I shovel the snow. So when I'm lying, so when I'm lying in the drift, I can just press a button. Then at least someone will know that I'm down and come and get me. Uh, all right. So, uh, well, oh, you're you're in a big hurry today. Usually, Cody comes in to work and he's got his briefcase and his headphones and he's ready to go. And I say, oh, look at Cody. He's so diligent. I never really say that, but uh, every once in a while, I think it because I, you know, in a moment of weakness. Today he comes in with nothing. He goes, listen, I got to get out of here right after the show. I'll, uh, you know. I'll do everything. I'll do everything I have to do at home. Why do you? Have, why are you in such a hurry? Is your wife giving birth? That would be news since she's not even expecting. That would be, that would be a lot of. That news. would be a lot of news. A lot of news wrapped up in one little sentence. Roger actually ran back into the news desk. What did I hear? No, that's it's fake news, Roger. I'm just uh, fake news. So wh- why do you have to get out of here so quickly? Tonight is the second biggest. WWE pay-per-view <laughs> of the year, the Royal Rumble. How are you still how are you still so invested in this? <laughs> I am not so invested. I actually only watch a few pay-per-views a year, but the Royal Rumble's always a good time, Brian. This is the one where there's 1700 people in the ring and they throw each other out, is that correct? 1776. Oh, cuz sure cuz it's bicentennial. Yeah, and they want to make it in 
patriotic. Sure. Even though that was years and years ago. (laughs) No, two men start in the ring, or women for the women's version. Oh, sure. uh, Because there's two tonight, two Royal Rumbles, at the Royal Rumble. Of course. Uh, Two people uh, begin to fight, and the only way to eliminate your opponent is by throwing them over the top rope, and both of their feet hit the floor, and every minute to 90 seconds to two minutes, I don't even know. Some some short amount of time. Someone else comes in. So usually, I think it's every two minutes because it's okay. a 60 minute royal rumble usually ish so wait a, f- a minute doesn't the guy then doesn't the person who comes in toward the end have an advantage because everybody else is tired from throwing other wrestlers over the ring sure huge over the advantage. top rope huge advantage and they 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 write the stories around it oh, of course they write the stories because this is sports entertainment we've we've we're well past right the conceit that this is real yeah not that the, not that the athletes are not athletes because to do what they do is unbelievably athletic, and it all can't come from a needle. Some of it has to be natural athleticism. Yeah. You know, it all can't be steroids. But um, so, how do they? How do the guys at the end, or women? How do they become the ones at the end, as opposed to the poor saps who have to start this nightmare? They do different stories for that every year. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes it's a total surprise. A couple of years they did like number qualifiers, so you have to beat this person on Monday Night Raw to be entry number thirty. <laughs> you know. No, it, it's whatever they want to do. I am only uh, I am only familiar now with uh, John Cena. Is he wrestling tonight? He's in injured. his jean shorts. What happened to him? I don't know. I just saw too many, a headline. Too many too many midline movies. Did he did? <laughs> he got he got uh, hurt uh, doing blockers too. Is that what happened to John Cena? I don't know. Can can I tell you something else <laughs> you about about this event? Sure. The pre-show started two hours ago. When is the wrestling start? It starts in four minutes. <laughs> You're going to be late. I am, and it goes but until wait. 10 p.m. Wait, that's four hours. The pre-show started. That's four hours of actual wrestling programming for a two-hour event, right? You said it was 60 minutes for each Royal Rumble. Well, yeah, so the that's Roy- two hours. The ro- the pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble is the name of the match and the pay-per-view. There right. are two Royal Rumble matches that are about an hour each. Okay, and so that's two hours. There are several other matches. There's a universe, there's championship matches and there's a tag team match, a couple tag team matches and 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 some other some other uh hijinks in between. But yeah, it's high it's a, like the people in that arena if they showed up at 4 for the pre-show, will be there until 10. It's 6 hours Hours of live wrestling. I would imagine if you're, uh, and this is going to offend a lot of people, if you're uh, buying those tickets, you probably didn't have a whole lot else to do today. So six hours is not a big deal, <laughs> right? Like you, you're. I mean, you had something to do today, or I know you'd be home watching the pre-show. And what are they doing at the pre-show? Hyping the match, much like the Super Bowl. It's the same kind of thing. People, the game next week, uh, we're on. Uh, we're on. We got a full show. We, we have a full show, but the game doesn't start till maybe six or seven. But, you know, the the festivities will start at noon on TV, so there'll be like a five-hour lead-up to the Super Bowl. Yeah, the WWE... To do a game that all, people in only two cities this year care about. Yeah, well, the, the live pre-show is uh, includes a few matches. Oh, okay. So people will see the pre-show, like a kickoff match, to kind of get the crowd a little pumped and the mood for pro wrestling. But, yeah, I can't imagine, because even the Super Bowl isn't a six-hour... Like, no one shows up no, and is at the stadium no, for six wa- hours. No, you're watching it at home for that long, but if you're going, you're going to a game just like you would if you were going to a Bears game. You show up maybe a little... <coughs> Excuse me. 
You're all chucked up. Oh, that's bad news. Yeah. I'm about to drop. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Thank God I have my pen. Button. Button. Yeah, where's my pen? Well, I would hope I don't need one here. Maybe you or Roger would make a call. Uh, but I don't. I'm not holding my breath. Who are you going to call? No, I'm not going for that. That's weak. Weak sauce, Roger. <laughs> bring the heater. Don't bring it at all. Um, you'd go. Maybe you tailgate a little at the Super Bowl or get there to to wander around. Soak up. Maybe you're there an hour before kickoff. But uh, yeah, you're not six hours. No, these these, these events are becoming way too long. Who's going to win? Do you want to make a prediction? Oh boy, you know, like the thing is, they surprise you, and oh. so there's so many surprise entrants. What if like, the Rock comes in? Oh, Rock's not coming oh, into Rock's... Royal Rubble, is he? No, I don't think so. So what happened to John Cena? You never. Know, uh, I don't know. I just saw a headline. He's just he, injured. Oh, well, boy. but the headline comes from WWE, and they lie. Of course they do. Because they want to surprise people. So maybe John Cena shows up number 29 and everyone freaks out and then he wins the Rumble. You know, you never know really what's going to happen. It's, that is the epitome of fake news. WWE is... I wonder if the president is going to tweet about WWE putting out fake news. Well, WWE is fake news and in the WWE Hall of Fame, there is one current or former president of the United States. Yes. Guess which, which one that is. I'm going to go with... Jimmy Carter. You know, a little more recent than that. Hulk? Uh, Hulk was not the president. Oh. <laughs> Why not? Um, I, Why not? I, I know believe, we, don't, we haven't knew, re- done a lot of political actually, reports yeah, tonight. I know, we don't, I know we don't talk a lot about politics on this show, but even I knew Hulk I mean, Hogan was not president. <laughs> he was in another was not, alternative no, universe. No, no, Roger. In an alternative universe, he was. Two things you've said uh, that are uh, patently false. Hulk Hogan was never president, and you're not having dinner at Steve and Johnny's. All right, uh, we'll continue. Oh. That's right. We'll continue talking about uh, whatever whatever we want to talk about on the other side of the news. What do you think of that? All right, kicking off the final hour. Brian Noonan, seven twenty WGN. Karen Conti will be here at seven o'clock, uh, talking about all things illegal. Oh, man, oh man. All right, this is the time of year where people are coming in sick. They're coming into work, and you hear them hacking in the next cubicle. Or a lot of us work in open areas, you know, the big open office, which I am not a fan of. Uh, that's uh, Research now is saying that this, that's a bad move, these open offices, you know, where everybody is just kind of at these long tables, and you're sitting right next to people. And I just, I've worked in, an, in that environment, and I did not care for it at all. I like a little bit of privacy. Even a cubicle wall gives you at least a little bit of privacy to at least roll your eyes if somebody does something stupid. Whereas if you're in an open office setting, you can't do that. So, a new phenomenon is rising. Sick shaming. Because how many times have you been at work and the person next to you starts hacking up a lung and they, they, you know there's stuff going everywhere and that you know they're, they're too sick to be at work? And so now they're making, they're putting everybody else at risk. Well, this is uh, this is happening because uh, you know now people are standing up for themselves. Because we used to be used to be as a as a group of people, we were a little more. We'd just suffer in silence. Well, you young people, Cody, you and your ilk, uh, you don't want to suffer in silence. You don't want to be a martyr. You want to tell these people, get out of here, go home. You got to go. And I think that's the best way. Because I don't want to be, nobody wants to be sitting next to anybody's, anybody who is sick. But they're saying a phenomenon called presenteeism is keeping people from staying home. Even people who have paid sick days. Now I know some of us don't have, don't have days. Like, let's be honest. Cody, you and I call in sick. We're not getting paid, you know, because we're not full-time employees here. So that's how a lot of people will go in sick just because they... 
you know, they have to get paid. The argument usually is, well, production goes down if people show up and they're sick. Well, studies have shown that's not actually true. Because at least if you're sick, you're doing something. If you stay home and you're bundled up under your blankets watching Netflix, you're doing nothing. So productivity may dip a little, but it doesn't take the hit that uh, people would have you believe it does. That being said, what does it take for you to stay home? 312-981-7200. Oh, and have you ever sick-shamed somebody? You know, handed them handed them some uh, wipes. I see Roger come in, and he yep. disinfects that news area like he's going into an operating room. Yep. It's probably one of the most sterile environments, uh, even when Roger's not sitting there. Uh, so, and you do that because... Well, let's be honest. Everybody touches this equipment, yeah. and it, it's funky half the time. Right. We have tons of buttons and dials and yeah. computer screens and chair arms and the microphones that we talk into. And, and there's a lot of dirty yeah. people who work here, let's well, be no, honest. There yes, aren't. there are. They're no. hacking things up. I look into the windscreen on this microphone. It's looking into the mouth of hell itself. Oh, my God. It, yeah, it's, wow. it's awful. Well, it's we're a little awful. cleaner in here, I would imagine. I, I'm not the only one in the newsroom. Because I bring in these um, uh, containers of disinfectant wipes yeah. um, that I buy at the store. Really? You con- buy them at a store, you say? As a, as, dis- let me finish my sentence. As a convenience at a store. because they don't have them here. Hold on. Cody, where do you buy disinfectant wipes if you were to buy them? Online. You'll say online. You don't go to brick and mortar <sighs> stores. I'm just teasing you, Roger. It seems like, <laughs> where else are you going to buy them? I I'd took a breath, me. and you jumped right in. Well, you, I you, know. You that's what you do. You left the gap. I know. I buy them at a store. <laughs> Three, four. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, where, where else are you going to buy them? And I heard that. I heard you counting down, too. In my brain, I heard sure, you. Sure, I gave you enough, hurry I gave up, you enough time to correct yourself, yeah, but didn't you, you chose not to. So, let's, so, I only work on the weekends. Okay. And within those five days that I'm not here, other people use the wipes here because I have to continually buy them because they're they're getting emptied out. So we have four, five desks in here. Okay. And so they're being used by a lot of people during the week. So it's a convenience that I offer. All right. Let me. Well, yeah. first of all, that's very gracious of you. Secondly, do you ever talk to the... The bosses will go, hey, it's filthy in here. How about you uh, How about you pony up for the wipes? I, I don't see the bosses during the weekend. I would ask them. Yeah, and you know what they'd say? What? Too bad. <laughs> go get sick. <laughs> no, uh, they wouldn't. About, but, uh, but I have gotten more fastidious. Is that the right, you, right word? You, yeah. About cleaning. the cleanliness ever since uh, the cancer uh, operation. Well, sure, you don't want to get sick. Again. Yeah, I was there. And you didn't catch. Let, let's, let's be honest. You didn't catch it from the equipment here at work. No. Okay. No, just no. checking. I don't know. But I because still. Because if, if you do, if you no. did, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't catch the cancer. I'm I not saying I'm that. Saying. It was the, 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 the afterwards uh, the the infections and stuff. So yeah, I'm, no, I've just gotten crazy about it. I don't blame you. It's uh, you know. Uh, it's gross. And a third of the private sector workers, according to research, do not have paid sick leave, so they're going to they're going to try to stay around. But uh, working while sick, I mentioned, 
about the productivity. Uh, it's not as bad. People uh, people say all kinds of things. It's like when we were talking to uh, Brian Robinson about his book, Hashtag Chill. People find all kinds of reasons to go in when they're sick. Well, i got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. I've got, uh, you know, uh, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to do it without me. Uh, if I'm not there, things will fall apart. Uh, you know what? If you go in and you get everybody sick, that's... You, nobody's going to get anything done. Right. It's like these people, and I'm going to open a can of worms here, Cody. Uh, get get ready for the calls. Uh-oh. Get ready. It's like these people in Washington State who didn't vaccinate their kids, and now there's a huge outbreak of measles going on. Because somebody, somebody, and they're saying, they're tracking this back, and most of the cases are because people were not vaccinated. If you do not vaccinate, you got to stay in your house. You can never leave. Because it is not fair to the rest of the population to go out and risk all these people getting sick, young children potentially fatally from these diseases. Uh, all the real science has said there is no connection with all these things that uh, you know bloggers and other uh, crazy website people say there are connections to. You know what? It's the same kind of thing. If you're sick, stay home. If you're not going to vaccinate, stay home. Don't don't go out and get the the entire population sick because uh, you read Jenny McCarthy's blog one time and decided that uh, you know you're not going to give your kid a shot. Really? Okay, that's fine. You want to risk your health and your own kid's health? I'm not in favor of it, but that's your that's your world. But once you once you put my life at risk, then it's my problem too. Or you put my kids at my kids' uh, life at risk, then it's my problem. So this is uh, this is what's going on. You go, you stay home when you're sick, don't you, Cody? You're you're you know you've got a pretty poor work ethic anyway. Horrible. Yeah. So you're horrible stay work home. ethic. <laughs> so you're gonna stay home. I you know I understand if you're just a little you know if you're like oh, I think I feel a cold coming on. Okay, that, that, that we're talking about when you're when you are somebody can look at you and go oh man. You are sick. Or you're hacking so much that it sounds like you're going to need an oxygen tank. That's when you stay home. You got a little headache. Uh, that's fine. You got a fever. I know at school, if you got a fever, you got to go home and you have to stay out of school for 24 hours. You can't come back, can't come back for at least a day if you go home with a fever. You know why? Because they don't want every other kid getting sick. It should be the same at an office. And if your boss, if your boss is going, well, you need to be here. If you're not here, uh, you know, you're danger losing your job. All right, then you're a jerk. If you got a boss like that, you really shouldn't. You know, right, the, you should be looking for another job anyway. Yeah, you know, the first job I had uh, in Chicago was at Starbucks in, okay. in Wicker Park, and there was a day, a couple months into me working there, and I woke up on a let's say a Saturday, ten, eleven a.m., whatever, with the flu, bad flu. We're talking if I got out of bed, I was. Uh, my body was not reacting well. Let's just say okay. that, okay? All I, right. What was happening with my body was not safe or sanitary to be in any environment, let alone one where you're dispensing right. beverages. where you're giving people foodstuffs. And I called my boss, and I said, the manager of the store, and I was like, look, I cannot physically get out of bed. Like, if I do, uh, there will be a price to pay. I, it's just not going to happen. And he's like... Yo, listen, I can't get anybody on short notice. No one's available. I'm going to have to stay like an extra couple hours and like end up doing your shift and close the store and like, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, literally, I cannot do this. If you have, and I said to him at that in the phone call, I said, if you have to fire me for this, 
then that's the way it is. But yeah. there is nothing I can do. And I'm I'm so sorry and I'll try to help you whenever I can, but I am I can't I'm done. I tap yeah. out. Like there there is no way this will happen. And and he you know, I mean he didn't fire me, but there was a lot of resistance. Sure. And I get I get that. I understand. Me too. If, you know, if it's any job where you're you're being counted on to be there because someone else is going to leave. Or it's, you know, you're the only person who's going to be there. It's, yes, it's hard to find somebody else. And yes, sometimes managers have to make have to make those sacrifices. And it's not easy and it's not right. But to your point, would, would it have been better for this manager to stay and cover your shift or for you to be there and, you know, something happened because you were so sick? No, you have to you have to stay home. Uh, from the three one two, we have laptops that we can take home and paid sick leave, and yet people at our office still come in. It's beyond frustrating. I think they're proud of themselves as if staying home is weak. Meanwhile, they're getting other people sick and potentially impacting long term productivity. Plus, it's just gross to listen to them cough and hack. I uh, shame all the live long day, constantly applying antibacterial lotion, etc. Good for you. Yeah, that see, and that is a that is a mentality that you know the people who work the hardest, the best workers, they don't stay home. Only well, you can't hang. You're weak. You oh, all right. Well, I stay home. I guess if you're not tough enough to come in. Yeah, no, I'm not. You know what? I've got 102 fever. I've been vomiting all night. I'm staying home. Nah, okay. That's how you want to be. Yeah, I have my computer. I'll do some work from home. Yeah, okay, whatever. The worst thing in the world is when companies have their corporate policy for time off. Yeah. They combine vacation time and sick days. Yes. You have 10 days total for vacation and sick. PTO, and, paid yeah. time off. And it's like, oh yeah, I was going to, you know, go on a trip to the Bahamas with my wife, but uh oh, I'm going to be I'm going to be a couple days short if uh I don't come in, you know, yeah. when I'm horribly sick and ill. And I'll just have to get everyone else sick, and then other people get sick, and they miss work, and it's this dumb domino effect. But I can still go on my vacation for the full two weeks. Well, but it's the company's fault of for like setting these stupid quotas, and, and like I get it, you you can't have employees that take six weeks uh, paid no, sick of time. Of course not. And there need to be some kind of standards, but the way it's executed right now by some corporations is is horrible. Yeah, there need to be set sick days. You know, there's there's a different. I know with the school district I work in, the teachers in their contract, they have sick days and personal days. And a sick day is a day, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're sick, you call in with a sick day. Take personal days, those have to be scheduled in advance. So if you're going on vacation or whatever. And that makes sense, you know, because most of us don't control, well, none of us control when we're going to get sick. And most of us also don't know, you know, you go, all right, I'm going to take some medicine tonight. And I'll probably I'll probably feel better in the morning. That's what that's what we think, right? You take your whatever you're going to take. You go to bed early. You hopefully you sleep it off. But then sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're you're sick. Well, stay home because it's not you're not doing yourself or anybody else any good. And I applaud these uh, these shamers. I applaud Roger for walking around like he's uh, going into an operating room, sterilizing everything. Or people, I I got I've gotten to the point at school. Most of the classrooms have giant jugs of hand sanitizer because the teachers are so uh, tired of getting sick. And if a kid, if I interact with a kid, or you know, they hand they hand you their iPad, it looks like these kids' iPads have been dipped in a combination of grease and sand 
and every other sort. They are the the most disgusting things ever. And I will right in front of them. I'm putting on hand sanitizer. I'm like, okay, so nope, nope, nope. And I'll even sometimes gasp when they hand me like, what are you doing? Clean this thing off. It is just so, so gross. I actually also commend Roger because legit, I, you know, most of the last few jobs I've had, you get your own laptop and you get to bring it home with you right. and you've, or you've got your own workstation. I mean, WGN Radio, like, think about it. How many producers come through here? How many hosts sit in the same chair? We're all using the same keyboard. We're all hitting the same buttons. We're all using mm-hmm. the same mice, phones, all that stuff. Like every workstation at this station, just by nature of what it is, it's yes. no one's fault, is a just a cesspool of bacteria. And, and germs. So. And I try not to think about it a lot, no matter where I am, because if you allow yourself to think about it too much, then you can become germophobic. Yeah. But I will say at this place, at least, it doesn't look like somebody was eating fried chicken and then using the uh, computer keyboard. <laughs> the old place, it always looked like somebody had, you know, a five-piece meal at Harold's or KFC and then decided to do some typing. Well, the old place was 90 years old. I know. <laughs> I know, but the, the the keyboards were not 90 years old. Well, are you sure? They were about 80. About 80 years old. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do this. And then, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about emotional support animals. Uh, maybe we've reached the, uh, I think we've reached critical mass with emotional support animals. I will explain. Uh, yep. A little Molly Hatchet on your Sunday afternoon. Yeah, good morning. Uh, even though it's the afternoon. The, why? Oh, Brian, why would you play Molly Hatch in Gator Country when you said you were going to talk about emotional support animals? Well, it all ties in. Ah, uh, this is from York Haven, Pennsylvania, where you wouldn't think that this would be an issue, and yet it is. Uh, Wally is a bashful big teddy bear who likes to snuggle and give hugs. An animal so at peace that he befriends the little goldfish and bullfrogs he's supposed to eat. That's because he's an alligator. Yes. This man, uh, Joey Henney, 65, has a five-foot-long, 60-pound gator that lives in his living room. And that is his emotional support animal, an alligator. Uh, can we stop with the the exotic emo- If you want to have a dog or a cat as an emotional support animal, okay. But where do you come up with a gator? Uh, he's Wally, the alligator, Wally Gator, as we'll call him from now on, is the registered emotional support animal. Like a golden retriever, but not. Uh, you know, the the world of emotional support animals is growing and changing. Uh, they're allowed in restaurants and businesses, some on planes. Even though an emotional support peacock was banned from a flight last year, as, as it should be, because peacocks are mean, horrible birds. Um, all right. So he said... His doctor, uh, let me first say that according to the Service Dog Registration of America, they commented that uh, our therapist would never approve a client to have an alligator as an emotional support animal. So I figure I'm not that far off base by saying this guy is, well, he needs some emotional support, but probably not from an animal that pretty soon can kill you. Probably could kill you right now. What kind of emotional support are you getting from an animal that could kill you? Uh, He says, according to this guy... My doctor wanted to put me on depression medicine, and I hate taking medicine. I had Wally, and when I came home and was around him, I was okay. So the doctor knew about Wally and figured it works, so why not? Uh, he said he got depressed because three close friends died, and uh, the alligator the alligator has kept him company by sitting on his lap and putting his head there and swinging his giant tail. Uh, and this is another quote from Henny. 
quote, we caress and wrestle. He loves to wrestle, end quote. He whacks me with his tail, another quote. Is that what your wife says? <laughs> so that's Mrs. Cody, Mrs. Dr. Cody says that? I hope We no caress one. and wrestle, he loves to wrestle. Uh, I thought you were talking about the tail comment. Well, maybe your tail. I don't know what happens with your tail. This guy has five children, 18 grandchildren, and his pet wants to eat all of them. That is, uh, that, that's, uh, I don't know if that's true. This, uh, this gator is going to be four this July. He can grow to anywhere from 14 to 16 feet long and weigh 900 to 1,100 pounds. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm not a medical professional. I'm just a guy sitting in a frozen city looking at another guy who's keeping an alligator as an emotional support pet, thinking to myself, maybe you should just uh, take the medicine. Because, yeah, there might be some side effects, one of them isn't going to be that you lose your hand. Maybe you have headaches. Maybe you become a little incontinent. But your pet's not going to eat you, your dog, and your grandchildren. And you may be able to wrestle a five-foot gator. Or your granny. Or your granny. <laughs> gator eat your granny. Uh, you, There's no way you're wrestling an 1,100-pound gator. Ever. Even if you lure it with chickens, not going to be do it. So again, uh, I think we've reached the tipping point with emotional support animals. I think we need to reevaluate dogs, cats. Um, yeah, that'd be about it. Don't tell me your, uh, you know, your ferret is your emotional support animal, because one, you just have a weasel living in your house, not buying it. Your gator, no. Your peacock, no. Dogs and cats. That's all that can be emotional support. Maybe a bunny. All right, I'll give you a bunny. Bunny's fine. Hamster. <sighs> all right, now we're gonna. Yeah, now we're gonna have to. Uh, Turtle. Uh, really? Ooh, How emotionally one. supportive is an animal that pulls its head and legs inside its shell every time you come near it? That's no support. That's the uh, that's the antithesis of support. That's being shunned. That's my emotional shunning animal. That's but, an animal who wants nothing to do with you. But if you can identify with it, yeah. <laughs> Sure. Okay. Uh, again, I'm not. No. Better I'm than a, a gator. It's better than a gator. Yeah. Give us that. And smaller. You can put it in your pocket. Warm-blooded mm. animals only. I'm going to go warm-blooded. Because uh, don't tell me a snake. Snake's going to wrap around your neck, choke you out. That's it. All right. We can. We can. We can discuss the. <laughs> the we can discuss all the. Uh, all the list of approved emotional support animals after. This week on Chicago's Best, though, the CB team is cooking up a dinnertime staple. It's an all-new Chicago's Best chicken. Sunday night at 10 on WGN-TV. It's 6.30 on 720 WGN. That means it's time for the news. Here's a man who hasn't wrestled a gator in a long, long time. Roger Badish. All right, so far nobody has uh, come to the defense of the gator as an emotional support animal. Laura did send in a text that she has two guinea pigs as emotional support animals. Uh, All right, uh, you know. If it works, a guinea... But again, a guinea pig, there's no chance of the guinea pig killing you. And the guinea pig is probably going to, you know, sit on your lap. That's, you know, small, nothing uh, nothing crazy. People have guinea pigs all the time as pets. That's fine. But would you take one on an airplane with you? Well, see, here's... Would you claim that as your support animal? But if... But, again... All right, a guinea pig's not going to take up any room as your emotional support animal. It's probably not going to bother anybody else. You get it, you hold it on your lap. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you have a little guinea pig carrying case. Uh, you can you know the guinea pig is there. It's right. not it's not an alligator. 
Any no. any animal that can kill you cannot should not be allowed to give you emotional support because you live in a constant state of what if. What if I now granted some would argue, hey, couldn't your dogs kill you? You haven't met my dogs. <laughs> my dogs don't have the wherewithal or the the energy or the the desire to do anything strenuous. And killing me would probably take a little effort from <laughs> from the dogs. You know, but all right, I'll give I'll give you the guinea pigs. That, that's that's fine. And it still, it fell within my auspices of warm-blooded animals only. You know? Yeah. Uh, now, do I want to... Also, if I'm on a plane next to somebody with a guinea pig, it's not It's not going to... The guinea pig's not going to bother me. It's not going to be barking. Right. Uh, not gonna, probably not going to be pooping anywhere that it's going to, you know, bother me either. It's, it's, it's pretty self-contained. Now, right. you get on there with a Lhasa Apso... While I love dogs, that might be that might I might be a little put. Yeah, up. but if you got a loss of opso, now you got to buy you, you got to take the other two seats. You got to buy the other two I, seats. I hope so. I hope you need a loss of opso gets the middle seat because if I'm you know if I'm sitting in that row and I'm stuck in the middle and it's you on the aisle and your loss of opso at the window. Yeah, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna raise a little stink. I'm gonna I, you know I'm all for people's emotional well being, but you know come on, yeah. the dog doesn't need the window. I need the window. How long was that alligator? I was five foot at this point, but it's only four years old. It's got the uh, got the the ability to grow and grow. Now the five feet, if that's from snout to tail, that's three chairs. That's three seats on the plane right there. Yeah, I don't know if this guy flies. Uh, judging from the picture and stuff, he doesn't leave. Uh, yeah, he doesn't leave home very much. Oh, right, right. I, I left out the part that uh, that he had a second gator too. Oh, two. Sure, only one. Only Wally Gator is his emotional support gator. The other one is just, I guess, a spare okay. in case case wally tries to kill him and he has to make him into a wallet Oof. then uh then maybe he brings the other one on board as his new i got gotcha. as his new emotional support um, emotional of, support in training yeah i yeah. you know i understand uh, listen i uh, i understand people have emotional needs and that's that's fine you know mm-hmm. i have five uh cockatiel boys that are emotional support uh devils but they give uh they give little devils with feathers, but they give little kisses. I don't. I, I know. I don't. I, you know. You don't I'm like kissing bird birds. No, really? we're not going to kiss a bird. I like seeing birds in the wild. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy a nice bird. I don't want to. You know. Vultures that attack. I've, have you ever seen vultures just sitting somewhere in the wild? Not up close. I have. Oh man, it's yeah, creepy looking. Really? Yeah, we were in the. Uh, we were visiting the uh, Ohio University. Down in uh, southern Ohio. Okay. And there's an old insane asylum oh, off, uh, not too far from the campus. And, and it's a mental hospital, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, and yes, the vultures sit there. They sit all along the roof of this place. It is, it's like driving up to an Alfred Hitchcock movie. It is the creepiest thing. And these things are ugly. Mm. Ugly. Uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, okay, if dogs are allowed on planes for emotional support, what about those that are allergic to dogs? Listen, I don't make Ooh, all the rules, yeah. but I can't, listen, I can't say we got to get rid of all emotional support animals because some people need it. Maybe those people shouldn't fly. They should drive, uh, you know, but yeah. if you're allergic to dogs, I get it. Maybe you bring, uh, maybe you have to start, they have to start passing out masks, those SARS masks for everybody who's getting on a plane. We got animals on the plane. Then suddenly we're, we're, you know, we're a flying bus. Let's be honest. If you You're start trapped bringing, yeah, in there for start, how sure. many hours? But if you start bringing livestock and mm-hmm. animals and uh, you know tamale, every everything you can bring on a plane, 
you're bringing all sorts of food stuff and mm-hmm. animals, and I don't care if you're bringing a hamburger or if you're bringing tacos or if you're bringing a gyro or a falafel, whatever you're bringing on the plane, <laughs> you don't need to bring all that food on the plane. Right. It's not that long, and if you're going on a flight that is that long, guess what? They'll serve you some food. You don't. We don't need. We don't need this to be a bus that flies. You you gotta you gotta make sure you just get on the plane. Don't uh, minimize your impact on everybody else. That's yeah. how I travel. I try to be uh, the least impactful guy around. I want to get on and off without any issues. Mm-hmm. I want to get through TSA without any issues. I just I, I don't want to inconvenience somebody else by standing in the aisle while I debate what I should pull in and out of my carry-on bag. Uh, have that stuff ready. So have a plan. Have a plan. have a plan, and maybe that plan doesn't include bringing a goat with you to fly to Cincinnati. Maybe that plan doesn't include. I need my boa constrictor because I've got the forty-five minute flight to St. Louis. Now you, you know what? If you're that unnerved. Don't go to St. Louis. I've been there. I understand why you'd be nervous about going to St. Louis. It's, you know, hit and miss, quite frankly. But if it's that big an ordeal, don't go. Well, how dare you be so insensitive? Well, am I being insensitive or am I just being the guy that everybody else is uh, agreeing with? Because, yeah, it's weird to sit next to an animal on a plane. Yes, I don't need to have a cockfight in first class. It's, you know, the chickens and roosters running around battling each other (laughs) is not how I want to fly. This is it just it's just not. You brought a llama onto a commuter flight to Dayton and it spit all over me. What about my emotions at this point? Aren't I a guy who needs a little support? I've got llama juice on me. And that is not anything that I paid for. Nothing. So, yes, okay, you got all these animals. Take the bus. Rent a van. Stay home. You know, this is beyond my purview. I don't know if you need counseling or medication. I know what you don't need. You don't need to make this into a livestock hauling opportunity. Okay? There. Now I've said it. I've said it. Let the chips fall where they may. You know? Yeah. Uh, somebody says you have to touch the animal to be affected by allergies. Not, not necessarily true. No. I, was, I dated a woman back in the day when I dated women. Uh, well, now I'm married to one, so I don't date them anymore. <laughs> but uh, in case people are going, what? Did he, just, did he just make some sort of, uh-oh, what's going on here? Brian's got a big statement. No, no, no. I, I used to date. Now I'm married, so I don't date. But she had cats. I didn't uh-huh. have to touch those cats. I just walked in her apartment. My eyes would start watering. Exactly. And, and that's what happens with the allergies. You know, you don't have to touch no, the animal the or air. a plant. or I don't have to touch hay to have hay fever. Exactly. Pollen. I'm not rubbing pollen uh, on myself. I'm just walking outside. Things yeah. are go- going awry. So, no, it's not. Uh, emotional support and something that makes you feel good are two different things. That is correct. Um, that is correct, 630. All right, we've got another animal that is making the news, and not for the reasons you would think. Uh, actually, two. We'll get to those after this on WGN. All right, I mentioned that there were a couple other animals in the news. One is the Canada goose, but not the actual animal, the coat. Have you seen people wearing these Canada goose uh, jackets the last couple of years? I, I don't remember them until last year. That's when they seemed to really uh, take off. Uh, five, six years at least. Really? But, I mean, not as, I think. Well, I think they started making the new. I became aware of them because there were some news stories about them last year. Mm. Uh, because they were they were talking about how there were some counterfeits out there, and that was uh, that was a big thing. Because the, the jackets are expensive. I'm on their website, uh, and I'm looking. The cheapest men's jacket they have is $600. And they go up to twelve hundred and above um, for these jackets. 
Well, and recently there have been a string of robberies in the city of people walking down the street and cars pulling up and jumping out and uh, taking these coats from people. And last year they said at some of the stores that were smashing grabs of people trying to steal these uh, Canada Goose jackets. I... I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're worth the money. Obviously, people think they are. I know it's a status symbol. A lot of people like a lot of people like uh, things, even if they're not the greatest, just because they're the must-have. But to be, you know, at this point, I, I would be worried if I had one. I would go and just get a, uh, you know, a North Face or a Columbia or some nondescript coat, just so nobody. And, and it's a shame that it has to be that way. That you go, wow, I've got the money. To buy this coat, I saved up or I worked hard or however I've got the money. I've got this got this money, and now I have to be worried about wearing it. Over the past two weeks, Chicago police have reported a uh, bunch of robberies in which people wearing the coats have been targeted and forced to give up their jackets. Around 8.30 Wednesday night uh, in the 2100 block of China Place, a surveillance video captured a 54-year-old man being punched and robbed by two men who jumped out of a Mercedes, showed a gun, and forcibly took his Canada Goose coat and wallet. 20 minutes later, men in a light-colored sedan accosted a 23-year-old man walking with a friend in the 200 block of West Cullerton. Um, 2016, Moose Jaw Outdoor Equipment Store in Lincoln Park was hit four times in a month with smash-and-grab robberies apparently targeting the coats. Um, They've been frequently stolen items from places like coat racks and chairbacks for the last three years. You got a uh, $1,200 coat that you wear around, Cody? You know, not so much. This reminds me of when the iPhone first came out and people on the CTA were snatch- snatching iPhones before every phone was uh, an expensive smartphone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because people were, you know, you would hear that, oh, yeah, people getting knocked over for their iPhones and anything that's, unfortunately, this is why we can't have anything nice, because there's people out there who are going to steal it. Um, I Here's the... I don't like I said, I don't know if they're do they keep you that much warmer than a three hundred dollar coat? I think they do, and they I guess they're I've heard there's a lifetime warranty. Really? So if anything I mean, probably barring theft happens, then you can you can get it replaced. I don't know if this is true. But uh I Yeah, I, I mean it that. looks like it looks like something you would wear if you were working at an outpost in Antarctica. You know, some of but then some of them look very small. Some of them look like just, you know, Little down jackets. They don't have hoods or anything. They're just uh, they're just kind of the deal. Uh, so I don't know. Some of them, you know, some of them are the big giant parkas with the fur lined hoods, and th- those are the ones that start running you some big money. That's when things get uh, that's when things get crazy. You go with these parkas. Some of these ones with the yeah eleven twelve hundred dollars or twelve yeah twelve hundred dollars for a coat. And I hate, I'm not, listen, if you have it and you want to spend it, God bless you. But now that it's, uh, now that you're being targeted by thieves, so I hope we have some well-heeled people who are listening to this broadcast. If you have one of these jackets, uh, let me know because, uh, listen, I have a, I have a winter coat that's pretty warm. Didn't cost me anywhere near 1200 bucks. Didn't cost me anywhere near 600 bucks. Um, cost me $13. No, that's not true. But, uh. You know, what I want to find are some gloves, because there's not a pair of gloves I own that keep my fingers warm. I've tried so many different kinds, um, and this, so that's why I don't think I'm leaving the house Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, my wife has one of the uh, those Canada Goose coats, according to the 708. Uh, our kids play club soccer. The coats are great during those cold games. Completely worth the money. Um, never will need another winter coat. 
I have a starter jacket from the 90s. People used to steal those also. Yeah, my brothers, back in the day, they had... Um, one of my brothers always loved the Celtics, and one loved the Lakers. And they had the starter jackets, and one of my one of my brothers had his stolen. So yeah, people used to steal those. See, I'm glad I'm glad I'm hearing this that the coats are worth it. See, then you never I never mind spending money if something if I have it and something is worth it, um, then that's you know that's perfect. And if you're going to be outside all the time, and you have the money and you spend it, so there you go. Uh, saw a special edition on eBay for twenty thousand dollars, twenty grand according to the seven seven three. $20,000 for a coat. If you have $20,000 for a coat, just move to somewhere where you don't need a coat. Because right? Doesn't that makes more sense that you don't have to you don't have to worry about it. Oh my goodness, a special edition coat. Yeah, I'm uh, again, I'm looking for the men's. They start uh, they start at 600 and they go to uh go to about 1200. For the ladies, let's see what the ladies go. They're they're very expensive too. You know who probably has one, Karen. Karen's probably got one. Ladies are even more expensive. I'm seeing ladies for $1,400. $1,400 for a parka. All right. All right, so there you go. If you have a Canada Goose coat, be careful because uh, people are being mugged. Coats are being uh, stolen. And if you eat fried chicken, it could lead to an early death. There, I told you I had two animal stories. According to uh, according to new studies, researchers looked at nearly 107,000 postmenopausal women who tracked their diets uh, in the 90s for a nationwide study that followed them till 2017. They have found that um, links fry, regular fried chicken consumption, at least one serving a week, to a 13% increased risk of premature death, at least among older women. So there you go, ladies. If you're about to go out to Popeyes or KFC or get some or make some fried chicken at home, relax. Uh, according to one of the researchers, we didn't have any reason why the effects may differ by age or even by gender. Uh, so a fatal link to fried chicken may exist for other groups too. Uh, fried fish, not much better. They're saying uh, there are limits to the study. Researchers have found that age, race, education, and lifestyle. Uh, may hold some differences, but correlation is not causation, and other factors may have played a role as well, so be careful if you're going to eat fried chicken, or just have one every couple weeks. All right, let's do this, and uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll talk to Karen Conti, see if there have been any big legal stories this week. Um, I have a feeling there might have been.